knows as I was. Um, something that I urgently felt I ought to do or say. And one mustn't repine or give in to self-pity about that. But at this present moment, I have to say, I feel very envious of someone who's young and active and starting out in this argument. Just think of the extraordinary things that are happening to us. Go, for example, to the Smithsonian Museum, to the new, I hope you've done, done it, <coughs> to the new Hall of Human Origins. Magnificently curated new ex exhibition, which shows, among other things, the, the branch, or branches along which perhaps three, certainly three, maybe four if you count Indonesia, humanoid, shall we say, anthropoid species, died out not very long ago, within measurable distance of 75,000 years or so. Possibly destroyed by us, possibly not, we don't know. We know they decorated their graves. We think they probably had language ability. We don't know if they had souls. I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> but I so envy those who could, who could glimpse, I only mentioned three or four of the things that have magnetized and charmed and, and gratified me to think about in the recent past and, and how, how, how much I hope that each of you forms some such ambition this evening and carries it forward. In the meantime, we have the same job we always had to say as, as thinking people and as humans that there are no final solutions. There is no absolute truth. There is no supreme leader. There is no totalitarian solution that says that if you will just give up your freedom of inquiry, if you will just give up, if you will simply abandon your critical faculties, a world of idiotic bliss can be yours. But we have to begin by repudiating all such claims. Grand rabbis, chief ayatollahs, infallible popes, the peddlers of surrogate and mutant quasi-political religion and worship, the dear leader, the great leader. We have no need of any of this. And looking at them and their record and the pathos of their supporters, I realize that it is they who are the grand imposters and my own imposture this evening was marred by comparison. Thank you very much. And that's the great Christopher Hitchens. Yeah, who, I miss that guy, man. The great and late Christopher Hitchens. Who next week on the 15th, I think it is, is the anniversary of his death. So that's why I thought it'd be nice to play mm -hmm. uh, a clip from his last speech he gave in a public forum. Yeah. You know, I've still got a bottle of uh, Johnny Walker Black Label from when he initially passed. I went and got it. And I have a shot in his honor every year. Nice. A little drink, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. I know. I was, I was, uh, I was bummed for a couple, few days after. I just, it was, oh, yeah. it was such a loss, man. <clears throat> yeah, when I, when I heard that he had canceled his appearance at, uh, it was one of the conventions that he was, that he was, planning to go to and and that i had even thought about going to thinking that it would probably be his last one and then he ended up canceling his appearance there and i thought any mm -hmm. shit and then he passed like a month later yeah yeah, yeah. sadness well yeah. welcome everybody welcome to the godless revolution utah and the rest of the world uh we wanted to get it out at the beginning of the podcast this week uh talk about we are still doing this drive uh on this podcast phil uh podcast philanthropy 
Uh, we're raising money for a family. We're also trying to get money for the, uh, the urban Indians in, Center, I yes. believe is what mm-hmm. it's called now. Um, yeah, we're trying to raise $2,500 for a family that is in desperate need of our help. Um, it's a family that, that we know and know is going through some very, very difficult times. Uh, we also wanted to, we're, we're trying to raise $2,500 for them. We're also trying to raise $4,000 for the, uh, Urban Indian Center. Uh, it's a, it's a great charity, uh, that is, you know, overlooked and overshadowed by a lot of the larger, uh, more, more mainstream, more mainstream, more popular for lack of a better word charities that are out there uh very deserving of some help very very much in need of some help uh they don't they don't get a, <clears throat> they don't get nearly as much funding as a lot of these other groups and they do a lot of great work um you can find out more about the podcast phil effort by going to podcastphil.com uh while you're there if you would please uh throw a bit into the kitty by making a contribution there's a contribution link on the page. Uh, when you do make your contribution, we here at the Godless Revolution would very much appreciate it if you, uh, when you make your contribution, would put it in our name. Uh, as part of this effort, <clears throat> as part of the podcast fill effort in raising this money, there's a little bit of a competition between all of the uh, organizations and podcasts that are involved. Currently, I am happy to announce that the Godless Revolution is in the lead. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. As far as the total amount of contributions that have come in our name, and I would very much like to keep it that way and make sure that we don't just win, but that we win handily and everybody else is in awe of our godless ways. <laughs> um, so please stop by podcastphil.com. That's P-H-I-L, short for philanthropy. Do a bit of micro-philanthropy. Uh, we're, we're basically it's a bunch of people who don't have a lot who are helping those who have less. Yep. Um, and if we win this, we actually get the opportunity to go on another uh, podcast and basically host it for that week. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. we will get to take over Mr. J.M. Bell's time for one of his shows, and uh, he'll he'll let us come in and record, put it all on his dime, and, and throw it out to his network, which would be great. That would be awesome. We also, I think, would be have, we, we would we would have been remiss to to avoid thanking all of the donors thus oh, yeah. far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thank you very very much. Um, I, I put it out there to the Atheist of Utah group uh, four or five days ago, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and was able to raise uh, you know enough to put us in the lead so far. So yeah. hopefully we can keep that going. Yeah. And thanks very much. Get even everybody. more donors. Thank you very much to those who have already donated, and for those of you who have not, I hope that you. Can can spare a little bit of change. It doesn't take much. Five, ten, twenty dollars, fifty dollars. You know, the more the better. But if you've only got five dollars to spare, that five dollars will go a long way toward helping somebody else with even less. So, uh, and there yeah. is a deadline on this. And what is the deadline? It's I know they upped it. it uh, the was deadline. Like the yeah, the deadline I believe is the twenty first or twenty second. Okay. Um, initially, it was scheduled to end like the like 15th? like this week, this yeah. week or something. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or this wink. This yeah. wink. <laughs> But they but they have extended the deadline for contributions, so uh, please get out there and do that. Uh, we'll have a little bit more information coming up. Uh, we've got some events coming up this weekend that we'll be telling you a little bit more about later in the show. And we do have a guest this week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and of course, this is The Godless Revolution. I'm Dan yeah. Ellis, joined I'm by... Matt Mitchell. And Ryan Duffy. And this week we have Mr. Josh Soroka with us. Josh is 
uh, Utah native, I believe. Yeah. Yes, I am. And resident here. Uh, Josh was raised LDS, but managed to escape. <laughs> yeah. our, our second Josh guest who has done so <laughs> managed yes. to escape prior to, to prior to going on a mission uh, and is here tonight to talk to us about uh, philosophy and some of the philosophical arguments that we hear from religious apologists re- religious apologists yeah and Josh actually contacted us uh, after we did our episode on the uh, Kalam clock Kalam cosmological <laughs> argument sorry tongue twister there for me so uh, he he's, he obviously listened to that show and kind of thought, hey, you know, I want to add more to this and think you guys are missing some stuff. So, of course, we we're having him come on and help enlighten us more and hopefully enlighten you guys out there a little bit more, too, and I guess in a way to argue this argument. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your background. You uh, are currently studying philosophy? Yes, I'm currently a philosophy major. I'm So I'm an under, undergraduate. I'm working towards getting a degree. Uh, and of the philosophy, uh, the subjects in philosophy, I do find the great debate very interesting. Um, and so I, I try to interact with people about this. I honestly think that, that of course, the, the debate towards uh, atheism is much stronger than the debate towards theism. Um, so I, the, the reason that I suggested having me come on is because I don't know, usually in apologetics, you hear a number of different arguments all put forth at once. I think that what you hear in um, an apologist argument is is obviously not just the Klum argument by itself. Um, and you guys had a number of objections to that, the Klum argument by itself. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah mm-hmm. definitely. <clears throat> including, including its initial premise. Yes. And can you remind me what that was? And, and uh, Sure. Let me just got a second notes. Man, I, I, I can't remember if it was a no, if it was the it was a way it was a way it was worded saying that it has to be everything. Okay. I, so the mas- the most basic Kalam argument is number one: everything that begins to exist has a cause, right? And and from that point already, I had an objection that this is simply posited. Uh, how would one demonstrate that everything that begins to exist? And 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 what do you mean by begins? Yeah. Well, yeah, and of course, those are good questions. If you want, I've prepared some uh, material that I can read to you, kind of how it's going to sound really William Lane Craig-ish, um, <laughs> but I think that's kind of what we're familiar with in this day of apologetics. Sure. Well, yeah, he's he's kind of he's kind of the uh, the ambassador of resurrecting Kalam from yeah from the the, the old trunk of apologetics. So. Yeah. So I'm going to monologue here for a second, if that's okay. Oh yeah, yeah. If you need to move his mic over for yourself, it it, it, it moves. Okay, good. You kind of have to get right up on it, almost almost be eating it. <laughs> um, so the uh, the debate, if I were debating as a Christian, um, and this is a shortened version, is um, God is the best answer for everything, for why something exists rather than nothing. We presently inhabit a universe in which everything in its present state has a cause for being in that state, or in other words, every effect has a cause. We can see all these. Uh, we can see this in all things. I think the best place to confirm this idea is in the field of natural sciences. In the natural sciences, we create a hypothesis, we test the hypothesis, we record the results, then we submit the results to our peers for further testing. When, this, when these results have been tested sufficient number of times, we create a new hypothesis. If the causal relationship uh, survives the long testing, it becomes a theory. None of this would be possible or rational if we did not assume that a, re- or a causal relationship could be established through most of the Sorry, though most of us <laughs> are not scientists. We are rare, aware of these causal cause, effects. And so here's where the Klum argument really comes in, is now that we know that there are causal effects, 
the two of the biggest questions that can be asked is what caused the universe and why is there something instead of nothing to better provide or to better understand questions of what caused the universe. We need to make sure that we do not violate any of the rules of logic. Namely a thing cannot be its own cause. So we can ask what kind of thing could have caused the universe from our understanding of, of the universe space and matter came into being, <clears throat> pardon me, at its beginning and its concepts of time are completely irrelevant outside of the universe itself. So we know that a cause must have been spaceless and timeless. The question of how a spaceless, timeless entity can create something outside of its own nature would only be uh, possible if conceived. And we know the only thing that can conceive outside of its own nature is a mind. Okay, so so that, that actually incorporates the next two premises of Kalam, which is, number two, the universe has a beginning, and three, the universe has a cause. Right, and so so what you just read there kind of incorporates both of those. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, it, it sounds like it makes the assumption too that it that it has to be something that created it. You yeah. Know, that it that it has yeah, it's to, already begging the question. Yeah. yeah. That that something had to have created it, and that that whatever thing that was had to have had a mind. Right. And what do you mean by universe? Well, so in, in the argument from a Christian perspective, it'd be everything that is made of matter or is inside space and time. That's what the universe is? Everything inside of space and time? Yes, that, that's what the argument usually okay. is made. All right. And then they try to say that God exists outside, outside of, of space and time? Right. And yes. therefore does not need a cause. Yes. Right, so why not call that the universe? Well, if, if something can exist without a cause or begin to exist without a cause, why not just call that? Why relabel it? And then, and then I would have a question, too, about if God exists outside space and time— which is where we are. We are in space and time. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. How can God have any causal effect on anything? Sure. Even if, even if God, you know, if you want to take more of a deist view of it and say, God set things in motion. He's the one who created the universe. But be, but then, you know, if you if you want to say that he exists outside of space and time, which is where we are now, that would mean necessarily that he would be excluded from that, right? Yeah. So. What the, the William Lane Craig debate is based around is that you can't have something within space and time creating something, the beginning of space and time, because it's within it. So it have to be outside of it. So it had to be transcend, uh, transcendental. Mm-hmm. So um, how can something react? That would be one of the unknowns. Yeah. Well, and so, so then that would kind of, like I said, that would lead to a more, not, not, a, not a Christian view of the world, but a more deist view of the world. Oh, right? y- yeah, so this is why these uh, arguments have to be coupled together, is because this obviously is not a, uh, an argument for Christianity at this point. But Christians will throw and no, go, well, it's yet. our God yeah. that did it. Yeah, so the, the primary objective of this, uh, the cosmological argument or the Kalam argument, is to create the necessity, the absolute necessity of a God, a, a thing outside of, of time and space. And um, at the end of this, is it's where it says a, a, a timeless... So for something to intentionally create time and space or to come up with a concept, it had to have a mind. So, again, the main point of this argument is not to establish Christianity at this time, but mm-hmm. to say that, oh, you need a God to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and still, that's begging the question. I mean, that's that's just making an assumption that it had to have had a, a mind. A mind, You yeah. know, I, I posted on Facebook, uh, I think it was just yesterday, um, the, the debate between William Lane Craig and Austin Dacey. And, uh, you know, I, I think Dacey made some, some great points. Um <laughs> One of them, one of them, I think, was just you know, if you want to say that God exists outside space and time, then you've kind of defeated the the entire rest of your argument that 
okay, he, like I said, it, it's it's a deist view that if that if he exists outside space and time, then he can really have no influence over anything that he's created that exists within space and time. Oh, because and, he's outside of it. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. and, and they would argue that we know of that that. that the ability to intermingle with space and time is something that appears to be some something that they assume God can do. Yeah. Okay. So we're working on another assumption. And, and also um, I would, I would have the question that, you know, we're talking about spaceless, timeless minds. And what other examples do we have of minds existing outside of brains? None. Yeah. Well, in the, I was, I think I kind of lost track of what I was going to say there. Um, One of the things that I loved that, that Daisy, uh, said about Craig is that one of the, is that during one of Craig's speaking intervals, he said that, you know, that Austin Dacey was, was making some, some really unjustified presumptions about God when, you know, he can't know the mind of God and, and mm-hmm. can't know, you know, what, what God's intentions were or anything like that. And, and, uh, Austin got up there and he said, you know, Sure, Dr. Craig can say that I'm making assumptions, but that's kind of a ridiculous argument because you have to make some type of assumptions and judgment about God in order to be able to speak about him at all. I mean, yeah, at all. you know, Craig is saying that God is is loving and kind. He doesn't know that for a fact. Sure. That's that's his belief. He's making that assumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he would claim that it's a necessity in order for and that goes into actually right, the that second, leads into the moral argument. Yeah, well, yeah. The, this will actually we'll go to the fine tuning argument next because I think that 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 kind of gives you the idea of what William Lane Craig likes to do and why he puts couples these two together at least. Um, and so the second argument is uh, the fine tuning argument uh, is indicative of a personal God. Recent studies have shocked observers that life permitting universes are almost in, are almost impossible. Uh, that if you change the variables in these universes by a tenth the negative one hundredth power. Um, you, hmm. they would not be life permitting and sorry, let me, let me look at the rest of this and see what's actually necessary. Um, and so, and then it says, if any of these would change, not only would human life not be possible for this universe, but life itself would not be possible because of this. The only possible answer for universe that is intelligent or that the universe is intelligently designed for life. See, and, and okay. when I, when I heard Craig talk about that during the debate, I thought, okay, well, he's talking about life as we know it. On this planet, you know, yeah, on mm-hmm. this planet in this universe, with with the things that 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 are already around us. Sure, right. if it wasn't if it wasn't just so, we wouldn't be here. It's kind of like right. I'm trying to think of. Uh, it's called backward the, reasoning. Well, well, and I'm trying to think of the philosopher or or the the person that I heard talk about this before. Uh, it may have been Daniel Dennett, where he talks about, um, uh, you know, basically picturing yourself as a puddle in a pothole. Yeah. You know, yes. As the puddle, you look around and go, "This is designed perfectly for me." Yeah. Yep. You know, it fits my dimensions perfectly. I'm I'm full to the brim. You know, it's it was designed for me to be here. Mm-hmm. But you know, that, that doesn't really tell you anything other than that that pothole exists and you are in it. Yeah, I think that is Dan Dennett actually in the Magic yeah. of Consciousness. Yeah. And if this universe is so you know fine tuned for us to live in and created just for us, and why are we only a pinprick in the ocean of life? Yeah. Well, I mean that that's a part of it, but I mean exactly what what this is this is exactly what I was talking about with the backward reasoning, right? So so human beings and everything else for that matter have evolved uh, through a rather grueling process, right, over millions yeah. of years to fit the conditions that we that live the, in that the universe 
has already been producing. Yeah. It wasn't so, built for us to live right, here. So then we, we get to a point we're built right. for it. We get to a point where we're able to observe it and take that in and say, holy shit, everything's fucking perfect. This is amazing. Right. You know? well, and, and then that, well, of course it is. And then that also discounts the fact that 99.9% of all life that has ever existed on Earth is now extinct. Is extinct, yes. right. Because they and, have, yeah. They and, and we don't know, we don't know that, you know, the initial life forms that were here on Earth would be able to survive in today's environment here on the planet. No, I, th- I think it's assumed they probably would not. Yeah. Just like yeah, we, we wouldn't be able to survive in those those primordial yeah, conditions. Right. Yeah. And we couldn't survive in the vacuum of space. We can't survive in any other planet in our solar we, system. We can't even survive under the ocean. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah it's we on can, our own planet. We can't survive on 70% of our Earth. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Probably more if you include the more. deserts and yeah. jungles with animals and that the Arctic have you region. as a snack. Yeah, and, and the yeah. Arctic regions. Yeah, you, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, and William Lang's Craig's uh, argument at that point would be, well, that only matters for somebody who has uh, limited time or limited resources. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's I, his. That's his. Yeah, about about the waste of the ninety nine percent. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, end well, of end of evolution, and it kills me that he. You know, it it pisses me off, and it kills me that in so many of the debates that I've seen Craig Craig do. You know, he'll he'll accept as fact certain things and, and talk about, well, you know, well, sure, you know, if we if we look at evolution, then we can see that this and this and this and this happened. And then it gets to the point where somebody backs him into a corner and he says, but we don't even know that evolution is really a thing. You know, <laughs> that's that's not a consensus. He said that during the Daisy uh, debate. And I'm like, motherfucker, you were just defending some of yeah. the things you were saying based on evolutionary theory. Yeah, but the, but the other thing about that position that Craig takes um, is that when you when you have an all powerful or right, omnimax being in control of everything, right? And Craig is not only arguing for that; he's also arguing for love—you know, just loving, merciful, kind, all that kind of stuff, right? Who's willing to wipe out ninety-nine percent <laughs> of all the species and just say, "Well, to hell with them," yeah. right? It doesn't matter because yeah. I have unlimited resources. Well, yeah. that's that's a great argument for for uh, uh, a malevolent god at right. best right so now he wants to make the argument for a benevolent god well that doesn't get you any closer i'm sorry yeah yeah and, and i of course agree um so I actually disagree here <laughs> well, if you guys want me to play the christian role i can't no, 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 no. um so actually here's what i found in examining these two arguments um and what it is is these are actually very much based on on fallacious fallacious reasoning mm-hmm. so to accept either of these two arguments um you have to accept the fact that he's creating a dilemma either god or the universe popped into existence for the cosmological one right. and the second um dilemma that he's trying to create is is either uh, well, or or something else. I mean, I mean it, that may be a false dichotomy. I don't know. Well, yeah. And, I mean, uh, but but for this, for the sake of this, yeah, it's either the universe or God. Yes. And and the uh, second uh, argument, the fine tuning argument, is either we, we're so lucky that it's unbelievable or God. And so if the the problem with mm. that is is there's there's uh, I mean there's a lot of problems with that. It's not a true dilemma. It's absolutely not. I can think of if if so for the cosmological argument, we could be in a closed circuit universe where it. It uh, doesn't have to have a beginning, and there's also the multiverse theory that would mm-hmm. also explain why there could be a, me- a mechanism that's not that's completely natural, and you don't need to to call upon a god to explain it. Right. Well, I mean, it, it finding a true dilemma is actually pretty easy because it's it's all in the way it's phrased, right? Mm-hmm. If you, you know, you, so you you propose an initial statement, and then the second statement necessarily has to be a direct negation of the first. Yeah. If, if that doesn't yeah. follow, then you may or may not have a dichotomy, right? But but it's easy to tell if you have a true dilemma by they saying, well, either God caused it or God did not. Now that's a true dilemma. 
Yeah. Right. Either yeah. God caused it or the universe came into existence on his own. That's not a, that's not a dilemma. No. Uh, yeah, well, okay. It might be, those might be the only two options. We don't know, but it's, it's not a dilemma. Well, I was going to say the other, the other thing that I really loved uh, in the, in the Daisy debate was when Austin mentioned a couple different times that, you know, if, if it were, if it were more reasonable to believe in a God, we would have science relying on a belief in God and appealing to a belief in God in order to accomplish science. And we never see that. We know we don't find that anywhere. We don't see anybody with Ken Ham. Unless, unless you think that the whole scientific method is unreliable, right? Which a lot of them do. Yeah, but uh, as they're talking on their smartphones and wearing yeah, clothing well, sure. and living in their homes, yeah, okay, the fair enough. So it's so it's radio. Words. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, that's a ridiculous argument to have. I mean, and and I loved that Daisy called him out on that and said, you know, if if we had to appeal to a god, we wouldn't be doing science. You know, science exists regardless of any appeals to a god, which means that we don't have to appeal to a god, which Right. Kind of necess- which kind of necessarily says that God doesn't exist, because if God did exist, we would need to appeal to him. We would need to follow yeah. God's laws and God's, God's way of doing things. We wouldn't have to only follow natural law to get to the, dis- to get to the discoveries that we're making. Yeah, or at the, at the very least, he's irrelevant. Right. He may exist, but it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Which, again, would, would point to a more deist view of things. Yeah, best. At yeah, best. At best. Yeah, and and so there's not even in in uh, so he also is very good at wrapping multiple fallacies in each other. Um, the second yeah. fallacy is that he's not actually answering or getting us any closer to any real information. He's actually trying to appeal to uh, appeal to a mystery to solve a mystery, which right. is another logical fallacy. Right. Right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's the Oshkosh comment. And I'm, oh, yeah. And Oshkosh, I'm, Oshkosh. I'm still getting over my cold. I feel so much better than I did last week. Yeah, I think I back, was, no, Dan got me sick last week. Yeah, I doubt it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Your symptoms are totally different than mine. Yeah, I did. And I sat right next to him and I didn't get anything. Yeah. So. True. Well, I was just thinking I got sick and I was after hanging out with you and you were sick. And you <laughs> drink more duffs. This it, is a small room. It could have. I, I'm not saying I didn't, but I don't know. I got a, I got, a, I got a pocket full of cough drops right now. <laughs> well, and, and I was bringing this up to say my voice is kind of cutting in and out a little bit and still sounds a little rough, but uh, that's really not too why, bad. Because I'm, I feel, I feel you actually pretty didn't well. sound too bad last week. Yeah. Yeah, for, I listened for how to the podcast. Bad you yeah, I fuck. I felt <laughs> awful. <kidding>. No, seriously, <laughs> like Tuesday. So, so I go into the office on Tuesdays now, right? And so oh. I was in the office yesterday, and uh, we had our team holiday breakfast, whatever. And you know, we had the breakfast early in the morning. Fuck, it's breakfast, and you guys figured that out. You're not, you're not stupid. <laughs> you had it at two. So, <laughs> so we have our team breakfast. Uh, I get in the office about. Was that with you and some other people you work with? Yeah. The team breakfast? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. As I'm team, starting to figure it out how you as work As a team, here. we went and, and fasted. <laughs> and it was early break. in the morning because it was bright. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. Um, we, we broke our fast in the, in the morn. Nice. Um, so we do this at 9 o'clock, and I drive separately to the restaurant because – for one reason or no, but for one reason or another, nobody ever seems to want to ride in the go- in the car with the godless license plates on mm-hmm. it and atheist of Utah stickers. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I always drive separate. Most everybody else carpools. Um, so I get to the restaurant. Everybody else shows up, and you know they're like, "Oh, how you feeling? You know you 
you look a lot better than you did last week. And I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I feel a whole lot better. Yeah, you looked really bad. Like, <laughs> you, you looked like you you were in some serious pain and, and going through some things. And I was like, oh, man, it was awful. I felt like it felt like my eyeballs were going to pop out of my head. It just it felt like, like I had like that thickening concrete Whoa. in my head that was going to explode at any moment. Why would God allow that, Dan? I know. <laughs> to me, it felt like Satan had his pitchforks against the back of my eyes. <laughs> so we're sitting there having breakfast, right? And there's a, for those of you who don't know, I work for the Internal Revenue Service. I don't look at your fucking taxes. I don't do any bullshit like that. I'm a computer geek, so I just do database shit, right? It's not even for individual stuff. It's it's for other things. It's it's nothing to do with anything. Don't fucking send me messages. He's not the enemy. Asking me if I can fix your fucking taxes, because that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, it was just for me and Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so we're sitting there, and the IRS has a... Uh, center in Memphis, which coincidentally is the location for the 2015 American Atheists oh. Convention in April, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there having breakfast, and one of the guys I was talking, one of the guys on my team just happened to have gone to Memphis recently for work and was talking about being there and being on Beale Street and going and seeing the, what is it, Sun Studios or something like that, where Elvis recorded. That was and, where, uh, let's say, uh, Johnny Cash recorded there too. Yeah, some, some yeah. so I mean, it's it's you know there there's tons of music history there. He's like, oh, you got to go to Beale Street, um, or he's he's talking about all these places, and he says, you know, I went and saw the hotel where Martin Luther King was murdered. Uh, talking about all these places that he went to in Memphis, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I'm I'm going to Memphis in April, so yeah, what should I go and see, and what should I go and do while I'm there? You know, what 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 would you recommend? And his he just said Beale Street. You have yeah. to do Beale Street. Just go in and out of the bars. He's like, it's it's so entertaining. All of the people there, you know, these there's just great music history and so much good music just right there on Beale Street. You can go bar to bar to bar to bar, and everybody playing is just phenomenal. Really, really good. Hmm. And I said, oh, awesome. And and Damp, this fellow that I work with, <laughs> hey. who yeah. who is who is the Your good buddy over there. He's the typical older Utah Mormon who has you know. Basically been born and raised here in Utah, lived a Mormon life the whole time, and because of that, seems to have this view that everybody is a Mormon, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody is a Mormon, everybody knows Mormonism, everybody believes the same thing he does, and he's a nice guy. I mean, honestly, he's... He's super fucking ignorant, but he's nice. Like he he would give you the shirt off off of his back if you asked or if you needed it. You wouldn't even have to ask. He would just do it. I mean, he's he's very nice, but he's really ignorant. I would say he's a little bit racist, definitely super, homophobic, super naive, super not super fucking naive. Yeah. And so he says and does a bunch of dumb things all the time, which have brought me to refer to him as Damp, right? Which is you know dumbass motherfucker. So anyway. We're sitting at breakfast. I'm sitting across from Damp. The guy that I'm talking to on my right has just come back from Memphis. He's telling me all about his trip. And I mention, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Memphis. You'll have to show me, you know, tell me what sites I need to go to, whatever. And Damp says, oh, what you going to Memphis for? <laughs> and I just said, I turned to him and I said, oh, yeah, it's the American Atheist National Convention there in April. I'm super excited to go. You know, we, we Tracy and I booked first class tickets. We're going to stay at the Peabody. It's going to be awesome. And, he just, I mean, he like pulled on his collar and got all huffy and started squirming in his seat. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. Just, I mean, audibly making these really? harumph sounds after I nice. said that I was going to an atheist convention. It's like, calm the fuck down, dude. Like, if me just existing threatens 
your religious beliefs that fucking much, then you should take a second look at your religious beliefs. Yeah, but they don't do that about uh, Muslims, yeah. right, who threaten their beliefs just as much. Yeah. But maybe, Muslims maybe that's still a bad believe, example. Muslims still believe similar. in a god, so... Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. Islam and, and Mormonism is actually a lot more similar than they'd like to admit. Yeah, it just it was it was so fun just kind of watching him squirm and get all yeah. fucking huffy and everything. And did I was he just not like, know that? I'm about so you? excited! Blah, blah, blah. Oh no, he knows. Yeah, he know, okay. Well, it's it's one of those things that he knows because like, I wear atheist T-shirts all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, my fucking my my lanyard for my badge is you know I, I rotate between atheists of Utah and American atheists for my lanyard on my badge. Right, right. Know? I always wear atheist T-shirts. I have yeah. godless license plates and bumper stickers on my car, and the FSM and the yeah. Raptor eating the the ichthys and all. You know, all yeah. that. I, I have tons of atheist paraphernalia everywhere. You know, he's even commented on one of my shirts. Oh, atheist of Utah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah, he knows. But it's one of those things that I think he tries to put out of his mind most of yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Like just kind of dismiss it. Do the whole. Utah Mormon with blinders on, like, oh, I saw it once, but I can pretend I didn't, and right. it'll go away. So, yeah. yeah, it was just kind of fun watching him squirm. <laughs> and when you say about the, uh, they, they need to estal- or, uh, re- or uh, check their religious beliefs, I think that's what makes them uncomfortable about atheists. It's because our existence makes them question their own beliefs. Yeah. Well, Matt has this, well, Matt has this wonderful line about, you know, Questioning, or what does he say that it that it? I'm not sure what you're talking that about. That it makes them have to admit to being. It makes saying that you're oh. atheist makes people uncomfortable. Because oh no, they no, that was that was to about admit atheists re- are out there. The reason why talking about religion publicly has been taboo for so many years is because you force people to give embarrassing answers. Yeah, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's why it's been taboo. That's that's why we're not allowed to talk about it because yeah. because you'll force people to have to give answers they're embarrassed about. Yeah, right. I love that. That's perfect, and that, and that's absolutely true. Because anytime anytime it comes up, then you know, unless you already buy into what they believe, if if you question those beliefs and you start to to delve deeper and ask more probing questions about why it is, yeah. you know, you know why why they believe what they do. It is. It's fucking embarrassing for them because they don't really have any any sound answers to give you. Well, and that's and that's why places like Utah, Alabama, Iran are such particularly problematic areas because you never run into anyone who thinks any differently. Right. I mean, I mean, very very seldom do you. You know, so you get used to being comfortable, being open. You know, talking about relief society with the person who's checking you out at the grocery store yeah. and all this kind. Of, you know, you get used to that. And then when someone challenges it, you just you can't help but huff and puff audibly. Well, well, and the other thing that struck me during this whole conversation at breakfast is that another one of the guys that I work with is super super religious, but he's not LES. He's Catholic. And he just no. got he he just got back to work. He took a one month hiatus or vacation, uh, and went to India to do some volunteer work for the Catholic Church. And he was talking about his trip to India and you know going to the Taj Mahal and all the different things he saw. And and Damf, who was sitting next to him, said, "Oh well, did you go? Well, that Mother Teresa, she was there in <laughs> India, right? And blah blah. blah. Oh, did geez, you go and see I... some of her things there?" And and the the Catholic guy said, oh, yeah, you know, while I was there, I went and saw a couple. He said that she has, like, like I don't know, seven or nine or 13, you know, some some number of homes there for various afflictions yeah. and whatever. And he said that he went to went to a couple of them, and he said, you know, it was just really humbling and, and seeing these people there. And I'm biting my fucking tongue so hard that it's starting yeah, to right. swell in my mouth, you know, just nodding my head and, oh, I'm well, and trying to, Trying to kind of steer the conversation away from the Mother Teresa topic because 
I think she was an asshole and they were all yeah. trying to sing her praises and everything. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be that guy, you know, oh, yeah. fuck you. Mother Teresa's bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So tried to steer that away. And Demp had absolutely no problem with any of that. Somebody who's a Catholic and is doing these things, whatever. As soon as you mentioned the word atheist, man, I thought, yeah. I thought yeah. he was going to poop in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I got, I got, I got some comments about that one last from last show. I, well, I, I had to have been me being second on the drugs, man, because at the time, at the time you said poop his mouth. And I was like, what are you talking like, about? What? I didn't say that. And I fucking listen to the podcast. That's absolutely mouth. what I said. He's going to poop his mouth. <laughs> I was like, wow. That guy was really fucked up. Yeah, I, I definitely got some comments about that one. I decided uh, I kind of like it now. Yeah. No, he, was good. So, he was so fucking shocked he was going to poop his mouth. Yeah, for sure. It's totally good. <laughs> Everything goes in reverse. That's why what he's did, going. That's why he's sitting there going. <laughs> what did Greg <laughs> say? He clenched so hard it made everything back, back up. up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I kind of sidetracked the whole discussion that we were having on. on yeah, that on never deal. happens on this show. No. I say, why don't we take a second and play something for you to get the word out again for. Uh, oh, would you like Pod to hear? Phil? Yeah, let me let me play this little bit. Uh, this is courtesy of Mr. J.M. Bell. Oh, you know what? Actually, he uh, I, I I sent him a message earlier because I was listening to his podcast, and I heard that he had this drop about podcast fill in there where he does this little commercial thing, and it's yeah, you know, he's he's Mr. Professional. He's been doing podcasts for a very very long time, tons of experience. He's worked in radio, you know. Has the great radio voice and 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 is a total pro. So I heard him talk about podcast filtering his, and I thought, oh, ooh, I should just borrow that. That's what I'll do. Oh yes, that's what I was, that's what I shall do. Is I'll play that. So I sent him a Facebook message, and I'm like, hey, do you mind if we use that? And I didn't hear back from him for quite a while, and I just checked my phone, and he sent me a separate copy, so I don't have to try to hey. hack into the middle of the left show in order to play this. Uh, let me see if I can find this file that he sent us. Uh oh, and Ryan can probably fix this in post. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm rummaging. Oh, here we go. All right, he says, "Here you go. Here is the file, and I shall play it for all of you at this time." Hi, folks. Jeff here. If I could just have a moment of your time, I I want to talk to you about podcast Phil. Podcast Phil, not a guy. Podcast Phil represents what I hope will become a collective of independent, creative individuals, shows, groups, organizations, all coming together in common purpose to make the world a better place. Seriously. We have a family that we know that's in just terrible shape, and we want to help them out this year, and we're trying to raise money for them. And we also have an organization that has a special place in my heart. It's the Urban Indian Center of Salt Lake City. They used to be the Indian Walk-In Center. Uh, they're up across the street from Dirks Field. What we're trying to do is raise 2500 bucks for our family and $4,000 for Urban Indian Center of Salt Lake, more because these are folks that are getting overlooked by the bigger, frankly, more popular charities. That's not a complaint. That's just how life works. What we've done is put together a collection, a collection of shows and businesses and groups here in Utah that are helping us out in this effort. Hoffmangler Studios, uh, us at Defend Media with The Left Show, 
and Hull 322 and Geekhead Radio, Hello Sweetie Podcast, The Nerd Store, Salt City Throwdown, uh, The Dating Apocalypse, uh, Bill Frost's TV Tan Podcast, North of Center Photography, uh, The Godless Revolution Podcast, Utah Political Capital, and The Primer. They've all come together, and we are spending the next two weeks trying to raise enough money to help out our two chosen groups of people. I have turned it into a competition because that's more fun for everybody. Every podcast and organization that's helping us out will have the opportunity to win the first prize. And that is they get the Defenestrate Media show of their choice to put their podcast on. I'll edit and produce and we'll push it out to our listeners. And second prize is a partial set of steak knives and forks in a gray plastic case. Podcastfill.com is where you can come to help us do some good in the world. It's independent creator philanthropy. Those with little giving to those with less. Podcastfill.com. Please help us out. There, there you go. Whoa, what's going on here? It sounds like, it sounds weird on the echoey. It does sound very echoey right now, and that's weird. That is weird. Yeah, God must have put us in a beer can or something. Oh, that's better. Well, kind of. No, I still oh. sound like shit. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like my mic is super sensitive. Yeah, it sounds like very his much. is like all think, the way I up or something. I think we're all muted. And oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Okay. Are we? Yeah, that's there, right. back to normal. Oh, that was Yay. that was that was weird for a second. Uh, that's, uh, that's our producer Ryan. What'd you Dumbledore. do? Hey, I <laughs> uh, don't know. <laughs> but I pushed some buttons and twisted some knobs, and now we're okay. Uh, I did the same thing I did earlier, and it didn't do that. You know, I just mute and unmute, and I don't know what caused that. Ooh. That was strange. Uh, since grimmish. you don't. Since you don't know what caused it, it must be a transcendental being. <laughs> Fuck you, God. <laughs> so thank you very much for sending that to us, Jeff. Uh, really, really nope. appreciate it. Um, we will be doing some things this weekend, uh, as you as you heard Mr. Bell announce there. Um, stay tuned to The Godless Revolution on Facebook, and we'll be making some more announcements about that uh, either tomorrow or the next day. Uh, we'll be at... Uh, <clears throat> I'll be making those announcements, and then we'll be at uh, the Valley Fair Mall in West Valley City this Saturday. I will be. Uh, Ryan's got to work. I'll be there. Yeah. And Matt says he can attend, so that will be awesome. And we'll see you guys at the Nerd Store. Uh, thank you very much. And like I said, check out Podcast Phil. Make a donation of whatever you can spare. Whatever you can spare will help those who don't have anything to spare. So, thank you very much. Yeah, and let's let's and let's do as much as we can for these guys. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, I, like it's 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 not as important that we stay number one in this, but that the that this family gets the help that they need. You know, yeah. I mean, and honestly, if we come in second and I get those steak knives, so I'm going to give it to them anyway. <laughs> well, that, that's know? the question. I don't need a great how partial? <laughs> how partial is a partial set? <laughs> because I mean, I might want at least one knife. Well, and if there's only right. two. And we got to fight over it. Fine. Well, yeah, we I mean, have a battle royale, and there's only gonna be two of us in the show. Then, what am I gonna do if I get <laughs> stabby and there's no knives around? I know. <laughs> I have oh, to resort to using pens. All right, so let's not come in second. <laughs> <laughs> let's just have a good push here, guys. And thanks no, God for all your support so far. Yeah, Godless Revolution is in the lead. I'd like to stay that way. Ultimately, what I would I like, regardless will. of the results of which show raises the most money, is to to be able to help this family in this organization. Yeah. Yeah. So please help us help them. 
Now back to why God isn't helping them. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, where we left off on the, the, uh, the two, the cosmological and the, uh, the fine tuning argument mm-hmm. is that we, we recognize that there's at least the two fallacies, the false dilemma and appealing to mystery. The other thing that when you're making this argument, you're appealing to ignorance. So when William Lane sure. Craig says, Oh, it's only these two arguments. And this is really the, the crux of, of these two arguments is that he, he wants to make sure that the audience can't think of anything else. So he'll throw out, it has to be either chance or it has to obviously happen. And he'll use things to dismiss those options mm. as if they're good dismissals. Um, so he's actually appealing to ignorance because that's the only things that he wants you to think about. Well, and let's not forget too, that, that, that oftentimes what happens is the, that multiple fallacies will be wrapped up into one statement. Just like that is that's a false dilemma and an appeal to and, and an argument from ignorance. Yeah, and a, an appeal to mystery and so, an appeal to okay, so three. Yeah, three, three in one statement. And, and both of those arguments are, are both have those three fallacies present. So that's how he makes it hard to detect. Yeah, well, and he words everything so slickly that yeah, right you know, he, and, and he moves it, it quickly through them. Yeah, he does. He he moves really really quickly through all of them and and throws out so much information. I said before that he kind of goes on a gish gallop. A gish gallop, yeah, exactly. Where he he just throws out all of this information and then tells you that you have to disprove. All of it in order to to make a good argument against any one bit of it, which right. is fucking stupid. Well, and 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 the the big problem with a gish gallop, right, is that is that so many false things are stated in in the course of say like a five minute presentation that it would take ten minutes per fallacy to explain why why what they just why said what is they bullshit. said is totally yeah. wrong, and so then it's gonna it's gonna cost you you know fifty minutes to go through and and destroy what they've said. Uh, and so that's why it's super easy to throw out a whole bunch of bullshit yeah. and say, well, and you know, as long as you end it with, well, uh, un- unless or until you can destroy all this stuff and build up your, yeah, well, that's a, that's just a, that's a, that's like a con man way out of it. Yeah. And then, and then he gets fucking he smarmy fucking and whiny about it. You know, when, you know, he'll throw out all this bullshit, whoever will get up and, and, and speak their mind, you know, they'll address some of the things he said. Of course yeah. they can't address everything because they also want to talk about their points. And then he'll turn around and go, well, you'll notice that my opponent didn't say this, <laughs> yeah. and they didn't say this, and that just means that they have relinquished that argument. Yeah. Yep. Like, fucking, yep. he, his voice, after, I've listened to fucking tons and tons yeah. of William Lane Craig debates at this time, <laughs> yeah, up, I thought, up to now, and it just, it, the more I hear his voice, the more it grates on me, and I yeah, just want to fucking shake him and like, you're such a fucking whiny little prick, man. What yeah, the fuck he's, is... he's hard to... Uh, I thought he was in the room for a second. That was a great impression. <laughs> we um, have all kinds of voices. I don't know about impressions. <laughs> Mine are usually fucked up. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I think you do, you do a very nice Ed Gein. Or is it Dahmer? Which one is it from? Where are you from? Both. Like, both. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> As Ryan shakes his head in, in disgust. In disgust. <laughs> Human, oh, human leather could, could be very practical. We don't face. know. <laughs> you look good in leather. Where do you find uh, white leather? Uh, <laughs> in Wisconsin. <laughs> On lampshades. <laughs> all right. Yeah, and I'm surprised, honestly, in, in all of the debates that I've watched, that somebody hasn't come out and straight up called them on, on these fallacies. Yeah, um, and I, I think that it's important when listening to these things because he does sound sleek, he does sound sound slick, and he also does the whole. These guys haven't addressed this, so that must mean that that they don't have a good answer for it, right? Uh, it just it, it really bothers me. Well, and that's that's I don't know what the formal name is, but that that's got to be some sort of fallacy as well. 
the Craig fallacy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, 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 like that, Matt's look. Right. Hey. Yeah, that if it, that if it goes unaddressed, uh, then, then it's a fallacy. Yeah, then I'm right. <laughs> yeah, right. And so that's obviously not true either. Yeah, but well, again, the, I guess it would be a, a form of an appeal to ignorance if you think about it. Um, and so the final argument that he always ties in with these first two is that he always ties in the argument from uh, objective morality, which kind of goes um, – well, he does it in two parts. So the the first part is he throws out uh, there is a debate in philosophy whether morality is subjective or objective. The consensus seems to be that God does not – or if God does not exist, then objective morality cannot exi- exist. But objective morality does exist. Therefore, God must exist. Well, we yeah. we talked about this earlier Bong. saying that uh, <laughs> <laughs> we really don't. I mean, I don't, I think all of us agree that there is no objective morality. Well, I it's, say I don't know. I, I, well, I just think it's really tough to. Your microphone still sounds a little funny, or are you just not close to it? I don't. Know. I don't know. I, that sounds. There you go. You're talk. You're talking away from it, kind of like that, and you oh, came and back to it. Also, you just. I, turned I turned you me up. up a little bit because <laughs> yeah. you, you were talking away from it. <laughs> okay, my fault. All right, no. No, I, we were talking pre-podcast, and I and I said that I watched the recent Dogma debate, uh, or I don't know if it was the most recent one, but it was the one uh, with Matt Dillahunty, and I apologize, I can't remember the guy's name. I believe he's a professor of philosophy at Stanford, and they were arguing whether morality is objective and subject or subjective, and the. The professor was arguing that it is completely subjective. Matt Dillahunty disagrees and says that there is such a thing as objective morality. And throughout the course of their little debate on dogma debate, I still don't fucking know. Yeah. I, I, I still lean more toward there is no objective morality, that it is subjective. But, you know, Matt just kept fucking hammering this well, again and again and again. And I. What was his main case for subjective morality? No, objective. For objective objective morality. morality. Yeah. It, yeah. Dill Hunty's strictly objective. Yeah, from from what I could if 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 I were to distill it into its purest form, it would be that, you know, everything that's objective has some some type of measurement, right? So the the professor was saying that, you know, we, we when we look at something as subjective versus objective, we can look at things like uh, coiled spring, and at what point the tension on that spring will snap the spring, right? That's a measurement. That's something yep. we can yes. directly observe and say, this is the objective breaking point for this spring. Right. And and that, you know, morals are morals and morality are subjective because it's based on people's opinions. It's based on uh, what is what is culturally or socially acceptable or what we throughout time have come to understand as being wrong or harmful to other people based on what, based on the information that we have. And, and if I were to distill Matt's points down, it would be that, you know, in order to say that it's subjective, you still have some objective point of reference to say, no, that's wrong. You're still measuring it against something. You're, you're, you're making a measurement of some act or some decision to say that it is necessarily good or bad or good or evil, right? You you yeah, you can I, say that it's subjective and that those things shift over time, but at some point there is still some measurement for it. And I don't know if I agree oh, with that part. I, I think it's totally subjective. It depends on the situation, like murder. Of course, murder is a bad thing. If I go out and shoot someone, that's a bad thing. But if I were defending my own life, I could 
say I was yeah, and someone would say that's morally in the right. Well, yeah. well and then but you still kill but, a person. But then you're not right. really but then you're not really faced with a dilemma of is murder wrong in all cases, right? You're you're just saying that I was defending myself and in order to defend myself and in I order had to a, reduce the harm to, to myself. Me. Yes. Yeah. Let's, I acted let's, in defense and did this. Let's move it back to something a little more mundane like but marijuana. So no let's just say like a rainbow, right? Is that beautiful or not? Right? Is that subjective or objective? Well, you could look at it too well. Well, and that it and that's be very an opinion. Beautiful, that's not necessarily okay. I mean, it's an opinion. You can't say rainbows are moral or immoral, or no. But I'm just or I'm that just, your view of a rainbow is moral or immoral. N- yeah, of course. But all I'm trying to do is I'm I, what I'm trying to. I I don't know either. I'm just I'm just trying yeah. to say let's let's take it out of morality, right? Because that seems to the, the, well the, the waters are already muddy there. In order for so let's to, let's get to just pure subjectivity versus objectivity. So when you say like is a rainbow beautiful? Uh, right. Someone might say, yeah. And someone might say, eh, it's okay or whatever. Or they could okay, say so no, because it's raining. Or outside, no, and that's what's causing the rainbow. Sure. And I don't like the rain. So it's subjective so fuck the rainbow. in that sense. But then, but then what, you know, what are you base? what are you basing this against? Right. Well, what, what, well, we could use things like fMRI where we can measure the, the brain's response to different stimuli. Uh, yeah, but everyone's going to be different on that too. Yeah, sure. Sure. But, but, yeah, it just the whole thing was this convoluted back and forth, and and we we talked about it a little bit pre podcast, and I said you know it 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 got toward the end when it seemed like a lot of their arguments were overlapping each other, and yeah, it just I don't know I I still I still hold that morals are subjective and not objective, but Matt Dillhunty disagrees with that, and I I'm still I'm still kind of looking into why he thinks that, and, yeah, and and. and but and yeah. I haven't, I haven't come to I think a conclusion it's about why you think oh, yeah. so. Really. It's, it's definitely subjectable based on time frame you're in, location, right? What what's even going on? Right. I mean, well, but then I mean, yeah. but but can you say that that rape is ever good? No. So objectively, rape is bad. Yes. Okay, but I, in, I could <laughs> agree with that. Well, here, here's uh, <laughs> what someone who might I, say before that, unless the world was going to end. Let I, me, and I have a caveat as well. No, but yeah, go okay, ahead, yeah, Josh. I, my caveat would be that. Um, I guarantee that at some point in our uh, evolutionary stage that at some point something that our our current um, genetics is dependent on there was rape at some point in in genetically through the history of evolution yeah but a, but a sure. naturalistic argument doesn't make it right no morally. and you're right uh, but but that was that was the only kind of line that I was thinking as well like you know great white sharks don't have sex as far as we're concerned they rape yeah, and that's and that's the only way that that happens i primates. mean it's forcible copulation well and that's where matt would say that that they are not moral actors they they don't have they don't have a higher consciousness to question their actions they don't they don't sit and ruminate upon their actions well, to say is this causing harm or not right and so sure we can look back in the history and the evolution of of man and say you know sure at one point throughout evolution rape happened and it was part of the evolutionary process to get where we are now, but that's neither moral nor immoral. It's right. amoral because yeah. there was no. Right. It, it's it, they're not they weren't moral actors at that time. Well, and, and it's that's a naturalistic where, argument he, fallacy anyway. But well, but that's when he argues to well, say that it that it is still objective. I was watching a show. But they were amoral actors. They 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 had no. And I, I would still say that's speculation on Dillahunty's part, not because great white sharks are less. Uh, morally culpable for their acts than humans. Of course they are. But I think he's almost negating it entirely that, that, that there's no sort of spectrum 
uh, uh, for morality even among that species, and I'm not sure that's true. I don't know. Yeah, well, and I mean, like it I might that, be really narrow, but still. Well, and like I said, when when the professor brought up different things like that, like like rape, and and Dill Hunty said, okay, well, is there is there can you think of a time or or is there is there a time when rape is a moral decision when rape rape is the right thing to do rape is the moral good choice to make and yeah I, I, and of course i think everybody would have to say no yeah I, but I'm, what about bestiality <laughs> yeah, that's fine no it's, I, there, there, there's there's a there's a line to this, this no it's one. totally fine all of it all across the board all, uh, <laughs> all across the board, directly. No, I was, I was, I was it came in my head. I was actually because while well, I was at home, I was raised in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 I was at home, not feeling so great. Yeah. Dan got me sick. There's a reason why everyone calls I was, me mad. I was watching some Netflix, and there's a show called like Blackwater or something like that. It's a BBC show. Uh, but like the very first episode I'm watching, and each episode's different. It's kind of like a weird sci-fi Twilight Zone kind of TV show. Yeah. But there's a guy that's in British Parliament, a princess or whatever you call him. Uh, not a princess. She's like a, <laughs> like like, a duke's daughter or oh, something. You, you were just like, this guy's in Parliament and whatever you well, call he's him, in a Parliament, princess. princess. Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy's in Parliament. This duke's daughter gets kidnapped or whatever. And this ransom thing comes over the TV. And he said, they said, hey, you, you've got till four o'clock today. To fuck a pig or else I kill her. I'm going to start referring to everybody in Parliament as a princess. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, in order to, Tony Blair will now address the Parliament. <laughs> in order to get this Duke's daughter out of this guy's pretty, pretty hands. Pretty princesses all in a row. Yeah. He has to fuck a pig on live TV. <laughs> what? That's pretty immoral in my eyes. Is it? Yeah, Why? fucking a pig on live TV. That's, uh, that's, I would do that uh, in a heartbeat to save a, to save a but, human female. But, yeah, of course. In that case, I don't know why I said that like to, an alien. <laughs> I would do that on a heartbeat to save a human female. Well, I, I, I you don't even have to kidnap just, anybody. Just fucking put a camera on me. Going out back to the farm. <laughs> yeah, well, but no. Uh, well, he ends up doing it on the thing. Yeah, but of course. Morally. <laughs> he ends up doing it on the thing. Yeah, on the TV. Fuck the pig. <laughs> pig fucker. Uh, but, you know, morally, <laughs> if you just walked out onto a guy's farm and started fucking his pig, that'd be kind of like a... Whoa, dude! Yeah, but you've removed oh. you've removed Easy a tiger. whole entire section of of motivation there. I mean, yeah, that's why it's subjective. Well, he, what he's trying to say is that you can always come up with a hypothetical where raping somebody would be better than letting an atomic bomb go up in a in a major metop- metropolis if those are the two decisions given. Well, sure, uh, better then, but I mean that that's it's creating, still well a horrible thing. But it's the other option is worse. Yeah, but then that's just so a lesser degrees. of two moral yeah. decisions, yes. right? It's not. Degrees, yeah. It's not. It's not objectively saying that at, at all times is rape bad. Well, or, and uh, even even supposing there, and is, it was only on a TV show, so yeah, but, <laughs> it's not real. No, but life. I, but right, but even even supposing there was some sort of objective standard, right? And 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 you were to you know put those two situations, right? Like fucking a pig on a camera. Just for the hell of it, live, live. fine, live. Yeah, just for the hell of it, versus doing that to save the life of a human female, right? You still, you still end up, you still end up with an objective good, but one just rates slightly higher than the other on the scale of objectivity. So, so even still, I don't, I don't know that you totally eliminate objectivity from that example, even, even at that point. So, I, I, that's why I say I don't know. I want to pull that out as a drop and just fucking a pig on camera. (laughs) 
Dude, Ryan said it like 500 times before I did. Yeah. I was repeating his it's, example. It's funny to me, and that kind of sounds bad that it uh, sounds funny with fucking a pig on camera. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I was, I was repeating what he said about fucking Princess. Uh, What's his, what's his name? Parliament. Yeah, yeah. Princess Parliament. <laughs> yeah, what kind of a villain? Though? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but, um, so actually, I, I, th- I think this is interesting enough. Uh, who has the burden of proof in this argument? In which argument? The objective about versus... Subject, yeah, subjective or objective, yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, is, it, is it wrong to say well, that it can be both? Yeah, I would is say there, both yeah. at this point. Right? They're both making claims. Yeah, is there a burden of proof on either one versus the other? And both or? claims so, seem logical. I, I honestly, I consider well, atheism to a point. To yeah. a point. So here, I don't think atheism has the burden of proof because atheism, I think, in, in my consideration, is the neutral stance. If you don't believe in, if you don't actively believe in God, um, as aka an atheist, you you don't necessarily believe that there are not, or you don't believe that there are no gods, and you don't actively have to believe that there are. Sure. That there is a God. So, what would the the neutral stance or the agnostic stance in this sub in this argument be? Yeah, well, that everything is amoral. There is no such thing as a moral dilemma. So, I mean, is would that, that be would that be the the agnostic stance that there is no subjective or objective? That's that's just, something we've created. Just do no harm. That ev- that everything is amoral. Don't would we, be would, a we, would we need to be a sociopath? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that's man, I, dude. I, yeah, I don't know. Because I, I mean, mean, we're we're looking at you know we're looking at either it's 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 objective or subjective. The middle ground would be that it's neither, right? Well, well assuming, when I raise something morally, poles, though, but I, I think they're I don't I don't know that they are right. Yeah. But when you those, rate those something still, morally, what are you rating it on? How do you rate something as moral or not moral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what I'm saying is subjective and objective are still on the positive sides of morality. Yeah, they both. They're not immoral. Immoral would be one end, and some other kind of morality, whether it's subjective or objective, would be at the other end. So the middle would be neutral. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I think subjective and objective are still on the same side of that. Right? They're not I, I, immoral. I, yeah, it's just a different source of or a different way to to value morality. Well, and honestly, so I don't. That's, that's I don't know. I don't think yeah. that they're exclusionary, and so I think that's part of the problem with that particular argument. First off, and the second thing that I want to get to a point of, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Is is that um, first off that so by saying you're a Christian, it doesn't absolve you from having to explain the mechanic or the mechanism of objective morality. Even if I believe the Bible is the true word of God and, and gives me objective morals, I, there's no way that it can because it's a, my subjective interpretation of a subjective book. And also, I believe that even God's perspective would have to be object or subjective because He cares about what we do. It's not like he's some camera just marking things down. So I, I don't think that it's necessary to or in, invoking God in this is another appeal to ignorance. It, it's saying um, essentially that because there's no explanation for objective morality that I know of, that that's the only possible explanation. Well, and that's that's what Christians say, right? Is that that Christians, including William Lane Craig, say that there has to be some objective morality. That we do have objective morality, and that's that's the crux of their argument for for. It's not the crux of all of their arguments, but it's the crux of their argument for for the the moral argument for God is that without a God we don't have morals because with a God we have an objective truth about what is good and what is moral and without a God we don't have that everything is subjective which means that that's everything what needs to be proven. That's where the proof lies right there. They have to prove that. They have to prove that statement right there that the only place that 
objective morality can come from is a god. Prove but it. See, then, but then you're arguing in the then you're arguing for morality having an objective truth and an, and an objective base. Well, the, not being and, subjective, well, and that there's a god, and that he's the source of it. Well, yeah. no, I mean, even if you say that there is no god. But that there is objective okay, morality. Right, right. Well, uh, well, how about if there is objective morality, and you're saying that that comes directly from this God, prove that it does come from that God. Well, and yeah, that's, that's part. That's argument. part of that's part of Craig's argument is yeah. he says that there is objective morality, yes. and that without a God, objective morality doesn't make any sense. That you have to have a central arbiter of what is good and right and moral in order to say that there's such a thing as objective morality and we and he argues that we do have objective morality therefore god exists but he's objective but if you don't do what he likes he'll send you to hell <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah because well, you're breaking his objective laws of morality <laughs> I, I, and but his claim is that it also comes from that god and, and i say that's think, where the and i think that's why so many people have a hard time and and that's one of the big things that I have a problem with in in disagreeing with Matt about subjective versus object. Yeah, Matt Dillahunty in versus objective and subjective morality is that you know objective morality is one of the is it's it's not the cornerstone but it's one of the it's one of the supporting pillars of a lot of Christian arguments yeah. for the existence of God right. is that we do have objective morals and that. Without God, there is no such thing as objective morals. But we, you know, they they make this whole argument and grand case for the fact that we do have objective morals, and therefore God exists. That we have some central point, some reference, some underlying notion of what is good, and that points us in the direction of the existence of a God. That's why I say, okay, yeah. say there is objective morality. How do you know it came from your God? Well, there, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. That's, that, that, that's, that, that's just where I lie. That's saying, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll acknowledge there could be a better morality, but I'm not going to give the end to saying that. Well, it may not be my God, but it still has to be a central authority. There has to have been a prime mover, something that created our it, it sense of been, objective morality. It couldn't have been something evolution. Something that put that into place. Yeah. It couldn't have been an evolutionary trait that we've learned along the way to okay. go subconsciously. Like, right. Well, I if know we had learned that. it, it would be subjective. It wouldn't be objective. You don't have to learn something for it to exist, right? A rock is a rock is a rock. Yeah, one plus oh, yeah. one is two, objectively. Yeah. But I think I think Ryan hits on something here, though. I mean, one of the one of the moral arguments that I, I mean, if we break it down to the basic, the 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 two premises and conclusion, the the simplest form is is a human experience of morality is observed. That's premise one. Two is God is the best or only explanation for this moral experience. Therefore, God exists. Right. And, and just like what Ryan was saying, you could substitute anything in there and say a human experience for morality is observed Two, evolution is the best or only explanation. Three, therefore, evolution is fact. Well, right. I mean, right. even I mean, even if so you argue in that sense. Yeah. And, and that's that's part of what Matt says is that, you know, even if you argue toward the point of, you know, objective morality being a thing, which Matt Dillahunty believes it is, that gets you no closer to saying that God is the source of this. Objective no, of morality. course it doesn't. No. Yeah. It's a, that's a whole nother leap. Yeah, but but I'm still struggling with the step to objectivity. That I I don't, I don't know how you ground. I, I don't too. know how I, you ground that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, that there is a definite burden of proof on on the people claiming objective morality. They would have to show the mechanism of what would make a, a moral decision objective. And the closest we've come to that in philosophy that I'm aware of is is Kant's argument. But it's not even a it's not oh, a good God. argument because it it falls We're gonna apart. We're going to get into Kant here. No, no, okay. no, no. Oh no, no. Well, let's, let's, and see, let's but, not. But then that's just a philosophical argument, and then people say, well, you know, philosophy is, or is just, you know, grand ideas and people thinking about things and coming up with 
with things for us to talk about and, and to go and test in science, right? Philosophy right. leads us towards scientific experiment and, and testing these theories and testing these grand ideas, right? So if you want to say philosophers can, can make these justifications for or against subjective morality, we would still be able to, you know, objectively test whether something is subjective or objective, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we would be able to to list uh, a line of experimentation that would lead us along to discovering whether something is subjective or objective. Is a rock always a rock? We don't know. Let's go out and test it. We can we can look at the the evidence for a rock always being a rock, and and you know that that leads us to say, yeah, a rock is a rock is a rock. They erode. They you know they're formed. Through various mechanisms, but yeah, sometimes they even melt, uh, you know, and then come out oh, again yeah. millions of years later in volcanoes, yeah. and but still end up forming rocks. Yeah. What about uh, empathy as a trait for morality? Like through empathy, like I know, like it's bad for me to do this to someone. Morally, I don't want to do it to that person. Do you know that objectively or subjectively? Well, I'm just saying because we are empathetic creatures. Well, okay, so there's a lot there. Right. Yeah. yeah there's empathy. <laughs> there's sympathy. There's conscience. Uh, yeah. And there's also people who don't have any of that. Right. True. Psychopaths. Right. And so Dumber. why why would God create that? And there are and animals then, who, and then, who, who, who who exhibit empathy. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But I'm but I'm just saying that it's it's measurable that certain people don't exhibit any of those behaviors. True. Right. That that the majority of human beings do have. Right. And which and, is which and, and things that we would consider to be immoral. Moral. Right. They have immoral. no problem yes. doing. Like sure. they don't have a problem with it. Right. So they why, lack empathy. So why would a just and merciful God create somebody without those properties and then judge them based on the majority of people who they're not a part of? Oh, because he's not real. That's all part. Of, oh, it's oh, all oh. part of his plan for everybody else. Perhaps he's right, but I don't just, know I'm the mind saying. of God. Perhaps he's created. Perhaps he has set that person on Earth for his purposes. They already yeah, have, well, regardless of the actions they take, they have a golden ticket into heaven because they were put here to test others. Well, that 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 still puts a dent in objective objective morality. How so? Well. Because not all humans exhibit the same traits concerning morality. That, that, that's what I was saying. Could objective yeah. morality the every, every, be learned you know, it, it, empathetically? In, it's very individual, right? I mean, everybody yeah. views it differently. Everyone yeah. behaves well, differently. And that was one of the it. arguments that the, that the professor from Stanford made is that, you know, if we did have a core objective set of morals or, or if morality was purely objective, we would see that springing up everywhere simultaneously or at the same time, you know, that – that every every society, every civilization, every culture would yep. share these would have this shared right. set of core moral values, right. and we don't see that. No, we don't. No, you we know, don't. We have we have tribesmen in the middle of nowhere who think sacrificing infants is perfectly okay and moral and justified right. because of because of their subjective right. beliefs in whatever or cannibalism and rape. But then Matt would say, okay, that, yeah. but that's just based on their current beliefs. It doesn't change the fact whether it is objectively. Truly moral or not? Yeah, and I think that mm. that would be that's part of what Christians. That's why I say oh, this whole so time I was going it's back and so, forth. And yeah, back and it's <laughs> so it's so hard. Like right when you just said that, I had to think. Yeah, that's right. It's still objectively wrong. But then I was thinking, but this is me but looking that's through arguing. the lens of my cultural. Yeah. So so let's shrink this, right? Obviously, I don't think any of the four of us would say that there's a human objective morality, right? I I would argue no as but, a whole no but I 
There's different that's, societies, that's different it's cultures. It's wobbly and shaky for me. Yeah. Okay, let's. Know. I'm just saying, from the birth of the Homo sapiens species, right, two million years ago. Well, morals have changed all over the world, and up until currently, is there a consistent objective moral value? I say, I, would, I no. say no. Well, but you're you're asking, is there have our subjective views of morals changed? No, you're not necessarily asking, is there an objective truth out there? Because maybe there was, and we just didn't have the capacity to know it. Or have well, I, I would I would you know, go we didn't saying, we didn't have the tools to measure it. We didn't have the understanding to realize it now that we are more evolved we are capable of better thinking to realize that yes there is an objective truth out there mm. I, don't, I don't god damn it I, <laughs> I don't know that's why i said i'm like no. fuck it i listened yeah. to like this three-hour show and i don't know any <laughs> yeah. like I, my intention was to shrink try to shrink it down <laughs> you know but yeah even even on that large of a scale i still uh even i don't know i, 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 I don't know that, i don't know i just kind of shrug my shoulders and shake my head and go fuck i don't know if it is i i, I um, God, you know, if, I if think, it, well, if it honestly, is, religion I think it hasn't is, found it. Cause they're still trying to murder homosexuals and <laughs> yeah. Is well, that sure, morally of right? Oh, of course. They, yeah, of course they don't know. But my, my curiosity is, is I'm going to have to go back and look at more Dill Honey stuff because I, 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 I think you'll have to listen to that episode I, of Dogma debate. Listen yeah. to that episode of Dogma debate. I, I, I and, think he and really let me know what you walk away. I with think he's assuming I still a am fucking, I think he's assuming a bit of a burden of proof here. Who who Dillahunty is on, assuming on, a burden of proof? I, I think I think he is a little bit right. I mean, on saying that he yes, would have to prove that there is an objective. Yes, there's morality. an objective, right? And the skeptic is saying, "Oh, I don't know. I think it's I think it's subjective." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I kind of fall towards the. And the skeptic doesn't necessarily need to say no. It's not objective, so it's subjective. There's always the nihilistic route where where you don't necessarily need to need to accept either at this time. Yeah, or or to say sure. that. And that, you know, when when mm. the professor brought up a couple different things, Matt would just say, you know, well, well, the instance you've just given me isn't really a moral dilemma. That is an amoral choice. You know, it's there is no moral right or wrong there. It's it's amoral. You right. can't really have you can't really say whether one decision was better than another. I think the the decision the the professor prevent, presented Matt with was let's say that there's a uh you know, uh, 18-year-old in Nazi Germany whose mother is dying. She's she's ill and dying. He's the only person who can care for her, but he wants to go, you know, he, he's the only male in his village left or whatever or in his town. Uh, the, the coalition forces are struggling. He wants to go and fight against the Nazis. Which one is the moral choice there? To go and fight against the Nazis or to stay and help his ailing mother, and mm. and there is no there is no real right or wrong right. answer there, right? That's kind of an amoral decision to make. It's a personal, yeah, like sure. a conflict almost. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think ultimately it and it ends up being whatever you would feel the best <clears throat> about doing. Yeah. You know, personally. Well, and so then, subjective. Yeah. Or or you could say, okay, well, how how could we measure this? Is is him staying staying home to help his mother that's benefiting his conscience and his mother. Yep. Whereas if he went to fight against the Nazis, how many Nazis could he kill? Sure. But then is the killing of those Nazis necessarily a moral thing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. there's so many loops and tricky little side tracks and 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 hidden pathways there that I don't know the, the whole, like I said I listened to the whole thing and I'm still just fucking 
Yeah. I'm torn about it a little bit. I don't know. I still lean more toward morality being subjective, but I think on a I don't overall, know that I can justify why I think that way. Well, and and I think through this the course of this conversation, I would say that less and less of the burden is on you to justify that. I yeah. think more and more of that falls onto someone who's taking a really hard stance on it. And saying that it is objective? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. I, I think Dillahunty would have to would have to demonstrate the not maybe not the, the source. I I don't know. You'd almost have to have the source to say Yeah, it's if, really if there's tricky. a measurable I mean, source you should be able to prove it because it's measurable. You can measure it. Where is that measurement? Where is it? Where's it right. located at? What is it? How is it measured? That that's kind of my line of thinking too, but I, I Yeah, it wouldn't be a source per se, it'd be a mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can put in a formula. Well, yeah. Right. So evolution might be one of those possibilities. A plus B equals C, you know, it's, well, there's your, and, and I don't, I don't know the whole, formula. the whole discussion I think is actually in the, the wrong place. If you were to ask me, if, if I were to talk what about do you mean? it, well, we're asking you, yeah. oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think that that's the, the right type of question. So I, I probably would just completely reject objective morality because again, in our human condition with what we have access to, we don't have access to objective morality. Even if we were to write down laws that we all agreed upon, um, how we interpret those laws and how we interact with those laws with each other, it, it's, again, subjective, no matter what. Well, but that's based day, on our current understanding, right? What if, what if at some time in the future we were able to measure the effects of decisions one way or another? Could we then say that one, one decision would be more moral or objectively more moral than the other? Well, it wouldn't matter as long as we, uh, I mean, if we value autonomy, so if we value my decision-making over the consequences of, of ne- necessarily my actions, then I, I would still be able to, to make the decision. So whether it's moral or less moral or selfish or less selfish or more harmful or less harmful, it, co- it boils down as long as we respect each other's autonomy, then it's always going to be subjective. Yeah, but but then then you get into okay. If I if I were to respect your autonomy, that would mean that I have that I would have to respect your decision to do something harmful, yes. and I don't know that I could do that. And then that would put me in a moral dilemma. Should I should I respect somebody for consciously choosing to do something? Well, let's say that, that I view as immoral, or well, or that I can measure that, that even then, let's say that at some time in the future, I can objectively measure that what they have done is objectively immoral. What about, or is less moral than it, another decision? What about would, the death? Would, with, I, would I still have to respect their the, the, their autonomy to do those? Yeah, the very that. fact that you're respecting autonomy as a single purpose is itself objective. What about the death with death with dignity right, so, movement? But that's not necessarily what morality would be classically thought as. Yeah. Okay. Based well, on subjective ideas and and cultural references and this kind of thing. Sure. Right? I mean, it can be an objective value Holy without shit. being an objective moral. Um, but yeah, so so what um, you were saying, my, so so yeah, wait wait wait, okay, you, Matt, I, uh, you should listen to that thing on Dogman Bay, man. I just my phone's downloading it right now, so I can listen to it on the way home. Yeah, I I I will, but I still enjoy this conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, so if I was so say, look at my cute little grandma that's calling me. <laughs> That's my cute little grandma. Does she knows what's going on? Grandma, I'm doing a podcast right now. I can't answer your call. <laughs> what's a podcast? Man? Well, she's calling me to tell me what to bring to the family. Holiday party. Oh. See, I was bringing up the death with dignity thing or, or suicide, because a lot of people say that suicide is an immoral thing. Mm-hmm, but sure. if you base off something being moral as, as far as if it harms anyone else, how could that be considered immoral? Say that again? If you base well, off like, okay, but it, but like but your morality, you're there saying like is a subjective harm. Well, and, and I wanted to take a... But, sorry, go ahead and recap. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sorry. Uh, 
there is you could say there's measurable harm in it as far as yeah, the family members. Go, go ahead and reach out. But what, but I, I think most saying that uh, to be considered immoral, you have to cause harm to another person. Like you, raping someone, you're causing them harm. Yeah, that's immoral. Uh, beating the shit out of someone, that's something fairly immoral. It causes harm. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you do something to yourself that causes harm to no one else, no physical harm. What about emotional harm? Is that to well, be discounted? And that's but that's where saying. I go with the death, yeah. death with dignity thing. Because usually it's a whole you know, family thing. Okay, yes, that person's going to die. It's going to be a very painful death. They're we would rather them blah, suffering, blah, blah, blah. We'd rather them be able to take this But they may have some pill. hardline Christians in the family, too, who are like, no, are like, you can't. That is against yes. God's will. It's immoral. Say it's an, it's that's bad. And there's a huge hell. camp out there right now for yeah. that saying that's a hugely immoral thing to do. You should right. not take your own life no yeah. matter what. Which it's is, suicide no matter bullshit. what. It's, they, they, they somehow find, find the option of, of putting somebody through more pain, more torment for a longer period of time as being the better to moral wither decision. away to nothing. I don't understand how they can fucking defend that. But they do. Yeah. As being well, immoral. Subjective morality. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well and they but they do make that argument that yeah. you know, no, you can't kill yourself. You should live out and, and feel this torture and this pain and this torment for as long as you possibly can until God makes the decision to call you home yeah, to him. Because it'll all be made right. And I say that yeah. mindset is immoral. I do too. Yep. I agree. And I think that we can probably objectively measure why that would be immoral or immoral. Well, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I think we could also objectively measure that putting someone in jail for 25 to life for three marijuana possessions is wrong. Yes, yes. absolutely. I think we could we could measure that that punishment does not fit the crime. Yeah. Or for a 17-year-old kid getting life for pop brownies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so then the question, yeah. when you guys are saying measuring, and, and maybe I missed this part of it, what? how are you guys measuring it? I understand I, that you're uh, obviously witnessing it. or, or I, I, I would say the only way you can measure it is based on harm. Yeah, but measure yeah, based on harm. That's actually a really good question. Experienced by by the, the, the person who, who has some terminal illness, who chooses to end their life, versus... The, the pain and emotional suffering that those around them may suffer because of their beliefs. Now, but, now justified gonna, or no. But now I'm going to jump back to the other camp because yeah. I, think, I, think, I think he has a legitimate question here because we actually said objectively measure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's possible. For the for the well, sure. for the situations sure. where you, we just you can you mentioned. can measure you can measure the the different chemicals in people's brains to see whether or not it's, it's harming them. But then everybody's we, brain chemistry yes, is different. Yes, but I was going to say we can go yeah, back to that same true. thing. When I joined the military, my mom was distraught. She didn't want me to join the military. She hated that idea. You're so an I, immoral bastard, right? So I would have caused her <laughs> objectively a little immoral. bit of emotional harm at that time when I decided. Your little boy is leaving and going off to the military, and he's going to Afghanistan and shit. But I don't think it was an immoral thing for me to join the military. Why not? Because it was what I wanted to do. It was the the path I decided. So to that was just objective. a selfish selfish it decision on your part. But she would have had the same feeling if I moved out of state. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, he served his country. That's objectively good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that, that's where it goes back to. Uh, what kind of harm? then do you classify as being immoral? Yeah. 
And, and, and to what degree? And, and to what and degree? Because that would be the only thing I could think of to measure. Well, and this is all based on our current understanding yes. of these things, right? So <laughs> we're we're looking at these things based on our current understanding. What's to say that at some point in the future we wouldn't have mechanisms to, to measure all of this? Well, until then, I'm going to remain that morality is subjective. Yeah. And that's why I say I I, I listened I, to this whole I fucking know, long thing back and forth, and I was like, I know. yeah, you know, the the professor would speak, and I go, yeah, he's totally right, and then Matt would speak, and I go, oh god, he's kind of got a really good point there. He might <laughs> yeah. he might be right. I know. And then the professor would speak, and I go, oh yeah, okay, well I, I understand that, and then Matt would talk, and I go, oh no, that professor's totally fucking wrong. <laughs> yeah. Now here's <laughs> the problem. Back and forth, and back and forth. It's probably because yeah. you, you like both of them. Well, yeah, I mean they both they both <laughs> yeah. made excellent points either on either side, and I just. And and then I had to try to check my own individual bias that I already had had this belief that that morality was completely subjective and and so you know throwing that into the mix of okay this is my bias and I know this is my bias so then trying to weigh that in both of their arguments and yeah it was rough it was fuck I, it was rough enough that I still don't fucking know Lots now was that episode called atheist versus atheist on morals uh, well <laughs> you can you can find it it's on it's on dogma debates well, that's, that's where I looked I, I I was downloading one on there called and, uh, atheist versus atheist on morals. Yes, and that's it. I was it. thinking. Yeah, that is it. Three it's, episodes ago. Lots of beard stroking going on, I'm guessing, is what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I got that uh, downloaded right now, and I'm going to listen to it on the way home, or at least half of it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, like I said, I still, it was rough, man. It, they, it, was a re, it was a really good discussion. I really appreciated having it, you know, that, that, or, or I really appreciated them having the discussion and being able to listen to it, but it didn't really get me any closer to. Yeah. To either side. Yeah. So if you think you got a irrefutable way to measure objective morality versus subjective, for, well, <laughs> well, if there, if you if you think you got it, or yeah, just, or either just, one, yeah, uh, they're all true. tell us on Facebook or email us. So yeah, it was Dogma Debate episode one five four on November nineteenth. Yeah, and that really is a good conversation to extend to an audience because that that's I mean, there's a lot going on in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of questions. What was it? Dogma debate what? Episode 154. Okay. On November 19th. All right, so, yeah. Joshua, what do you got, man? What's next? What what did we uh debated on Facebook with well, us? We Get we stepped there. kind of away from how how that's not necessarily have that how that doesn't have anything to do with God, but I mean that's kind of where we got away from and we just had our own conversation, which I found more interesting than the normal discussions about God and morality. Yay! So <laughs> let's let's pretend. I'm glad you're enjoying the discussion. <laughs> yes, it happens a lot. <laughs> Let us assume that there isn't um, a, any form of objective morality. Let's assume that it is a subjective, because that's what what um, William Lane Craig would would suggest. If that's the case, then then well, how, William Lane Craig would suggest that it's objective, right? Yeah, he would suggest I mean, that yeah. if God, it's objective. In in yeah. in the but with atheism, how we have to understand it is subjective. So his argument would be then. What would make one subjective uh, version of morality better than another? He would also argue that it's not necessarily wrong to rape somebody by subjective morality because, hey, it's what that rapist wanted to do at that time. So what kind of a response would you have for that kind of an accusation? I would would say that that's bullshit. I would would say that that with our current understanding and our our consciousness, we can, whether ultimately morality is subjective or objective – we can all agree that rape is wrong. It doesn't matter if it's subjective or objective. We can all agree that it's wrong. Well, but I think I think, and the, we can all agree that under all circumstances, it is fucking wrong. Yeah. All right. Now, 
let me let me lay this down before I say anything here. Okay, <laughs> I agree. Rape is wrong. <laughs> What'd you right? do? But I think I think <laughs> it's okay. He was eight. He didn't even. He'll <laughs> never remember it. Hey, you went all preacher on him. Yeah, it was the it was the period of time I tried Catholicism. <laughs> oh. I, it was, you had to do it. That experimental Catholic phase. Yeah, you have to. You, it's part of the it's part of the priesthood. Anyway, all right. Out of passage. But I think I think the question is, how do you decide that the rights of the rapey are more important than the rights of the raper or not, maybe not rights, but, but the desires or, uh, I would say, I would say by what causes harm. I mean, the, the rapist, the rapist is not injured by not being able to rape somebody, right? They may, they may have desires go unfulfilled. They're not harmed. Yeah. I'm not going to defend this any further. I'm just, I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying, I think, I think that was the question, but yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, but, but no, like I, said, I, 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 I totally agree. I just, I just was. Yeah, well, and and I've heard, I've heard religious people say stupid shit where they say, you know, well, well, if I wanted to kill somebody, what, you know, based on your atheist morals and and saying that morality is subjective, what's to say that me wanting to kill somebody is wrong, and and you stopping me from killing somebody, what makes that a better decision? And and it's easy to say, you know, what causes the most harm? You yeah. killing somebody for no fucking reason, or just because you want to out of your selfish desire? Or taking the life of that person who is now going to have family members and friends missing them, you know, and and the and the fact that now they're fucking dead. Yeah, that's mm. that that is objectively a wrong thing to do, and I can say that based on a subjective view of morality. Yeah, and, and for me, I feel that the obviously the autonomy of an individual, which is what I kind of brought up earlier, is extremely important. So, like with the example with death, uh, death with dignity, I think that it's completely fine that that to have that legal. But I think that if we were trying to uh, force that choice onto elderly people, I think that would be obviously wrong and, and a completely terrible stance to take. Well, right? Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't walk up to an older person and say, "You're old. We're going to kill you now." I mean that. What's the, uh, Logan's Run? Have you guys seen that? The old '70s show. Uh, I wasn't alive yet. <laughs> there were plenty of things that were made before you were alive that I'm sure you've seen or, or know. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, Logan's Run uh, it was l- mid to late '70s, uh, based on this. It, it's it's purported to be a utopian future, right? Where everybody living in this in this society. It's utopia for them, but it, but in fact, it's a dystopian future where everybody over the age of, I think once you hit 30, 32, 35, somewhere, somewhere in your thirties, you hit that age and they kill you. Oh, okay. Like you live your life until this point and then they kill you. And so the, the movie is, is talking about people or, or is about, uh, Logan, who chooses to run? It's not like you're not going to kill me. <laughs> I'm on the run. That's bullshit. I'm fucking out of here, right? Uh, I can't remember where I was exactly going with this, but it was oh, we were, you were talking about you can't force that on somebody else, and they they viewed this as as a utopian society where there were no old people that people had to care for. There was you know it was all it was, it was a better it was society. all youthful beautiful people. Yeah, yeah. So in their society, objectively. It was okay to kill. Well, subjectively. Or, yes. Or, what would it be? Uh, subjectively? To us, it'd be... To well, them, it was, it, it was a it norm. It was based on their view. I don't know yeah, I mean, whether they, we could call that subjective or objective, really. 
If they could justify it objectively, then I guess it would technically be objective. But I don't think that they were justifying it as objectively as as what would, none would normally need to to do that. I would say, based on my subjective views, what they were doing That's was objectively wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but th- there you go. I think that there goes almost how to prove saying that everything, all morality is subjective. According to our current understanding yes. and what we know about, yeah. And, and again, we're we're just assuming it's, it for now on how, how to justify I mean, it. So. Right. It is a circle. Yeah. Circle of life. It's Akuna Matata. <laughs> circular reasoning. That that was the, in listening to it I just kept thinking, fuck, this is a circular argument. You guys just keep going around and around and around and I thought this is like a religious Were they doing it like we are right now, like putting in a whole bunch of like bullshit scenarios? Oh well yeah, well of course. I mean yeah, throughout yeah. the discussion it was a bunch of different hypotheticals and, and different circumstances under which you you should deem something objectively or subjectively better than something else, and how do you determine that it was sub- that it was subjectively worse or objectively worse? It was was it was a great discussion. I, I really appreciated the discussion. I think I'll probably go back and, and listen to it again just to see if I can glean more information or understanding from both viewpoints and and see which side of the fence I fall on. But I, I think I'm learning morality is trickier than I thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It is. I mean, it's something It's something humans have struggled with since we had the concept of, of the fact that there is a morality. Well, I used to and, just go with morality. goes, does me doing this harm anyone else? No. Then I don't see it being morally wrong. But how do you know necessarily that it's not harming anybody else? Like you. Well, and also that's subjective anyway. Well, like let's take, let's take the, let's take an example of. Uh, somebody doing drugs, and they say, "Fuck it, you know I do cocaine. It doesn't harm anybody else. It harms I me." Do <laughs> I do the cocaines. <laughs> are you, are you, I inject the marijuanas. <laughs> are you going to go on the whole path of everybody, the whole chain of how the cocaine exactly, got to you? Exactly right. Yeah. So you can say, you know, I yeah, I I do cocaine. No big deal. It doesn't fucking harm anybody else. It harms me. But then you look at how does that cocaine arrive to you, and you have to trace all of that back. So, based on your con- current limited understanding of what you do when you snort cocaine, it's you buy it from some fucking dirt bag in a seedy motel or wherever. You go home and snort it, no harm, no foul, right? He, well, he gets paid, you get high, no big deal. But then you look at the supply chain of how that cocaine arrives to the dealer, how he gets it to you, where the dealer gets it, where where it's grown, the people who are who are harvesting it, the people who are smuggling it, the people who are murdered in defense of keeping that trade alive and benefiting certain drug lords. I mean, it's there's a whole other universe of possibilities that are are outside your yeah. scope of understanding of. No, I bought a I bought a dime bag and I snorted it. Fucking a. Well, then is it mor- objectively moral or fuck immoral? Fuck whatever, whatever the fuck I'm trying to say. <laughs> For me to own this iPhone, <laughs> where this iPhone was built by people in China working slave working wages. at Foxconn, where they're locked in a building. Yeah, they're and, locked in a yeah. prison style dormitory. They can't get out. They make nothing for money. There's like six in a room. A shit fucking life just to make me this phone where I well, can Google. I would say based on your description you just gave, then yes, it is. <laughs> so we are all immoral fucks. I don't have but an let's iPhone. But say, let's say you purchase an iPhone and you take that phone and you do brilliant and wonderful things with it. You, you use it to I free all to the perform, Chinese people working to perform, in those slave you know, <laughs> Several different acts of philanthropic uh, donation. Let's say I, you go, I, let's I, say I you go to podcastville.com on your phone. I did. As a matter of fact... <laughs> Let's the say, other day, I went to podcastville.com with my phone, let's say scrolled you to the bottom, and donated 
through PayPal. All right. Let's say you use that phone exclusively and solely for the purposes of, of philanthropy. There's no other reason you have that phone. And without that phone, you could not perform those philanthropic enterprises. So what if the only reason why you bought cocaine off the drug dealer was so you can make beneficial medicine for young children in the ghettos? I have to have cocaine for that? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of... I mean, it's a class two. It's got some medicinal cocaine. purposes, apparently. <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. All right. So I think... <laughs> I think it's it's probably fair enough to move on at this point, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. We spent like an hour on it, and we still are... I, in could, uh, basic, I, I mean, we've, minutes. I really enjoyed the discussion, though. That was no, fun, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. But I don't think we've made progress. And I still think that if Dillahunty is going to claim absolute objectivity... He's got to demonstrate you know, that. You know what you got to do? Yeah. We got to call into his show. But I will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I will go check that out. Yeah, it was, it was a really good discussion. So I don't have anything else prepared, but there are two other arguments that I'm somewhat familiar with. Um, the uh, Pascal's Wager. Have you guys? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I love I Pascal's Pascal. Wager. I think that's one of the weaker I, ones out there. I love Pascal's Wager only in that so many Christians seem to view this as like, uh, fuck yeah, I'm going to stick it to this goddamn atheist. He has yeah. no idea what I'm going to hit him with. My <laughs> aunt uses it all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's better to believe than not believe because you don't know. Yeah. But it's funny because... I thought of this without knowing who Blaise Pascal was mm -hmm. at 12 years old. And I thought, oh, that makes total sense. I better believe. You know? And I'm like, this is some guy who's an adult mathematician, you know, that, that figured this out and, and made this, you know, part of his life's work. You know, not entirely. Obviously, he did a lot of other things, but this was, this was part of what he's known for. Just as kind like, of God, a, I was fucking 12, dude. Come on. Just as kind of a quick aside, have you, got, have you guys ever stopped to think about all of the things that you know now? Like that we know yeah, in enough, the 21st yeah. century that, you know, the, the knowledge that we have just, I mean, even, even kids, the knowledge yeah. that they have now or the as access compared, to knowledge as, as compared to not even just the access, but what, you know, what any fucking 12 year old knows now compared to yeah. what people knew in the 1600s, uh, or, 1500s. I'll, I'll give you a little stat here. Um, hmm. Yeah. I, I'm actually not, I'm not <laughs> able to verify the source of this, Oh, but um, I saw at one point that they were saying that the front page of a New York Times is likely to hold more information than somebody in the 1300s would encounter in their lifetime. I wouldn't. Just the front page? Oh, and what's information in that case? Yeah. All right, fuck y'all. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, because they probably, I guarantee they have way more information knowing how to, like, tan a hide, what vegetables and fruits are right to eat and which How ones will kill you weave, weave fabric and make yeah. clothing and i can't milk a fucking cow i guarantee they could i could or else they didn't get cow. no milk yeah you can milk i can milk a cow I, well i've never done it You're, uh dan's gonna <laughs> masturbate a cow yeah you've milked a cow it's three similar. times a week for it's 40 similar. years three times a week three times a day man <laughs> Funny, funny, funny. I was, I was taking an average, man. Funny way, off, funny way off topic guy. story about milking a cow. I didn't do it. I saw it. Uh, so I'm on my way into work one day, and like one of the, our fire departments is way out in, yeah. I'm it's confused. a squeeze and tug. Yeah. Squeeze and oh, tug. Squeeze and, squeeze and tug. tug. Well, there's this, like, it's, one of our fire departments is way out in the middle of nowhere at a test site, and I was driving out there, and there's a bunch of farms on the side of the road, and this one farm always has this big, huge, like, bull there and he's got the horns like a texas longhorn and he's a huge motherfucker and as i was coming by it i noticed there was a calf underneath it and i was like oh that calf's trying to get milk the wrong way 
<laughs> and that You're bull, doing it wrong. And that bull don't mind. He, he was fine with it? <laughs> that bull was just standing there like, yep. Uh-huh. Keep trying. Keep trying. It's almost there. Breakfast. You're almost getting the milk, buddy. Breakfast time's coming. <laughs> yeah, I just... That was one of those situations where I wanted to pull over and take a photo, but I'm like, that's so fucked up. <laughs> God, yeah. why, why would God do that? How can how can they let them? How can they allow them to marry? <laughs> so Pascal's wager, for those of you who don't know, is is the is the belief that it's better to believe in a god. And get to the afterlife and find out that God exists, than to not believe in a God and get to the afterlife and find out that that God exists, right? But right. it's always portrayed as a fifty-fifty argument. Well, because right. because if you believe and there is no God, you're not out anything supposedly, right? Right. But but if you if you be, if you quote believe and there is a God, then then you, there you then go. you then you're rewarded, right? It's it's fire insurance. But if you don't believe and there is a God, you're you're fucked. You're fucked. Right, but but there's, there's a myriad of problems with this. One. Oh yeah, so many problems. So the first of which is that can you honestly say that you're going to fake belief in a god that the the, the all knowing, all powerful god that you're faking belief in is not going to see through that shit? Right, and he would accept a feigned belief. Right, right, and then and that's going to get you to the to eternity. And world. then what if you've chosen the wrong fucking? God? Yeah, which god? Yeah. Right, that's another problem. What if what if you're choosing to worship Baal and you're fucked because Yahweh's like, no, sorry, buddy, that's wrong. Right. Well, and the, I don't like Baal. The, so. the, <laughs> the fact the get, fact get the is the fact is about that. Uh, if if the God of Islam is the right one, and you're and you and you die believing in the Christian God, you're actually worse off than if you were an atheist. Correct. Right. So that's a big problem too. Right and and even even Islamic scholar, scholars will say that atheists aren't a big problem because they're halfway there. There is no God, but Allah. Right, so atheists are halfway there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so and then let's say that let let's even go with you know you the chosen God that you the God that you've chosen to worship. Sure, fine, whatever. Not happens to be let's let's say that you that it turns out that there is absolutely no God whatsoever. If there is a God, you may have chosen the wrong God. If there is not a God, you've spent how much time and energy in a fruitless effort. So there is harm there. There is, there is harm there. Either, either, I mean, there's no, there's, under, there's really no circumstance under which Pascal's wager is is best for anybody. Yeah. Other than those who, by some, you know, roll of the dice or or lucky happenstance, choose the right God. And that's assuming that that anybody even knows what the right God is. And I, I think you're right about that, although I think that anyone who's banking on Pascal's wager is not going to be so committed to any particular religion that they would have wasted much time on it during their lifetime. Well, cause most, However, I don't know. It's what, what do you say, Josh? It's, it's, a, it's what a lot of evangelicals say. I mean, they I get that the shit from evangelical yeah, but the, religion. Yeah, but that's not what made them Christians. Oh, it's not what made them Christians, no. but it's what they use as an argument for yeah, being for you. Leader. Sure, yeah, right. for me as for a you, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. And and I'm actually more moved by the atheist wager, which I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this, but the uh, the atheist wager is that if there is a God and God is good, then God will will um, reward you for living a good life. If there's not a God, then you Despite live a good your life. Belief. Yeah, and if right. there isn't a God, then you uh, lived a good life, so you're rewarded either way for living a good life. Sure. Whereas if you're an asshole or a jerk or whatever. 
you're, you're punished. You either have no punishment for that or you could be eternally punished. And even though that's that's obviously not meant to be convincing, it's meant as a counter argument to that original Pascal's wager. Yeah, but actually well, it's and, still better. Well, and that that's, anyway. that's mm-hmm. based on on the sayings. I mean, we, we had it at the beginning of one of, of one of our shows. Ryan read it a uh, uh, was it Marcus Marcus Aurelius or somebody who yeah. said you know if yeah. there, if there is like a god three oh. weeks ago yeah is that three weeks ago yeah the Marcus Aurelius three shows ago maybe yeah three three shows ago yeah uh, where it's where it's if there that. is a god who is just then you know you you not believing in them and leaving a just and good life will be sufficient and if there is if there is and if God exists and is not just then it doesn't matter either way and if there if if there is no God and you act justly, then it doesn't matter. You know, it was this whole, and it sounds like the, the atheist argument that, that you just posed. Yeah, yeah. I actually like that, that, that it, there's a lot more sense there than, than in Pascal's wager for sure. Yeah. I mean, unless, so, and that's what people say. People are like, God is just, and that's one of his defining qualities or if it was, well, but he's whatever. also merciful somehow. Yeah. yeah and, and, and there's just no way that I can imagine to a point. That. That he would would punish people who don't have access to or who who try and live the best lives that they can with the information that they've got. I just can't see how a just God could punish people for that, especially for eternity and the eternal yeah, torment. Well, okay, hell's a whole nother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but, but I mean, even 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 a just God. I mean, you 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 know, an atheist. You know, well, let me rephrase that. Uh, um. A, a knowledgeable atheist, right, who who arrived at atheism for the right reasons, could stand in front of God and say, "Look, I know more about you. I studied more, read more about you than any of your believers ever did. You know, how can you send me? Right? It's not my fault for not believing in you, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> yeah. And well, so, for me, I would just cross my fingers and be like, "Oh, I believed in you the whole time." Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in well, any. I, any any forgiving God kind of negates the idea that people who had no knowledge of him prior to, you know, Christianity, Christianity coming around. So for the first, you know, 170,000 years of, <laughs> yeah, of well. human beings' existence who had no knowledge of the Christian God, they're all condemned to hell. Yeah, but and then uh, for those who those who were born after Christianity or, or uh, Islam were around— and who reject God? How how is that how is that fair to them to say that no? I I knew they were around and I I looked into it and I reject those things and you're still condemned to hell. Why why is that? How is that God deemed just? How is that God deemed yeah. just to send people who or merciful. who had no knowledge of God who were sent to hell? Or some Christian apologists will say no, those people who had no knowledge of God are are automatically into heaven because they had they had no option they had mm-hmm. no choice right which it's is only the people who choose to reject god that go to hell well why the fuck are you telling me about christ then like <laughs> yeah. shut the fuck up yeah. why <laughs> that's me. an immoral act yeah. for you to come and fucking tell me anything about yeah. your god because without yeah. any knowledge yes. i would automatically go to heaven yeah, right. so shut the fuck up right well, well, but, and there's and there's two things i love though. when the people do that i'm like i'm like fuck Stop talking to me about your God, because you're just damning me to hell if yeah. I choose not to believe in him. Fucking leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> what, what if God is actually the false God, and Satan is actually the really good one? I used to think about that, too. That, and, that's the ultimate challenge, yeah. isn't it? So, what, what if yeah. Satan was the good one? God cast him out, because he's like, well, fuck you. I want to take over this fucking kingdom. I'm the selfish one. No God but me. Fuck you. Fuck them. I'm in charge. And then God's just had a better PR team yeah. since then. Satan oh, sure. accepts everyone. Everyone is welcome in hell. <laughs> yeah. He don't exclude. Yeah. 
Well, and it makes well, sense. Well, and he also told the truth in Genesis, and yes. God didn't. And it makes sense that Satan would be the good guy, because if God is all-powerful, he could banish Satan in an instant, yep. right? Yep. He wouldn't provide... God, if God is the creator of everything, he created Satan. He created yes. hell. Yep. He sends souls to Satan to be tortured forever. Yep. He's sending gifts to his well, worst fucking enemy. According he to God, he tortures day, them. All day long throughout human history, he sends people to his worst enemy, and his worst enemy loves those gifts. He yeah. fucking wants them. He's like, fuck yeah, God, send me more of these hey, things. Christmas. This is awesome. Yeah. Why is God helping this fucking asshole? If we are to believe in Christianity, why is God helping this asshole or accomplish Islam. his goals and rewarding him for his actions? How do we know that hell really is in a nice beach down in Jamaica where I mean, you get if, drinks with umbrellas in them? If God is the person who is who is committing people to live in hell, to spend eternity in hell, God is rewarding Satan for his actions. Yes. Yep. Well, and, and not only that, the concept of hell itself can't be just because, so say I do something wrong in my life, I don't mm-hmm. repent for it, and then I have to burn in, in hell for eternity. I mean, how's that justice? It, it, so usually in our understanding of justice now, that you, you do a crime, you serve the time, and then you're right. done. Right. The punishment, the, the punishment fits the action, right? Yeah. Yes. And so after a hundred thousand years, yeah. after a hundred thousand years of torture, which would be worse than being burned alive, after a hundred thousand years, I'm only getting started. After 10 million years, I'm only getting started. After a hundred yeah. billion years, I'm only getting started. Yeah. We're talking about eternity. Right, for a finite crime. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. And how is that God to be deemed moral and just then? He right. isn't. Mm. Well, subjectively. <laughs> yeah i the the whole I, I love arguing with christians about hell because that's that's one of my favorite things to do i'm like that's you've just painted yourself into a corner and you're about to be exposed as a fucking dipshit yeah and mormons have a real tough time because the 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 official doctrine on hell for mormonism is so soft and and such a oh, gray yeah. area anyway that that they they don't stand a chance according to the mormons we basically are in hell right now it's, yeah. a, it's a terrestrial right. hell. Well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Y- I mean, yes and no. I mean, depends on the Mormon you there, talk to. There's, oh, okay. <laughs> there's, there's still an outer darkness, right? Which is, which is cold and dark. Wasn't that in Doctor Who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Superman. Okay. Yeah, I, I Just think, making sure. So my understanding, because I, I I'm a native and was raised in uh, Mormonism, I my understanding of outer darkness is there's a total of like six people going who knew God and rejected him, and two of which are Cain and Satan. Um, right. If they knew God and rejected uh, that. So outer darkness is already full. Yeah, no vacancies. So, so the, what would <laughs> no happen worries. after in our afterlife is we die. We go out of, either to spirit prison or spirit paradise, and then the, the same location physically. It's just that uh, people in spirit prison are unable to feel like the love of God and, and are confused. And then after that, you get processed, and you oh. go to either the celestial kingdom, and there's three different realms in the celestial kingdom for the very, very, very best of the best who can call yes. their wives there. And then yes. there's, there's the the other two uh, levels, and then there's the terrestrial, and then the telestial. Yep. And in the telestial kingdom, it's it's supposedly similar to here, except you're immortal and uh, you just don't have the absolute presence of God, and you cannot create other universes. Yeah. So is it kind of yeah. like Scientology, where like if you donate ten percent, the bare minimum, you get to go to this heaven. If you up to about fifteen, twenty, you give more to the church, you get to go to this heaven. No, no, but they were no. considering. No, but it'd be funny it's, if it's it was. Not, it's not a it's not no, but, but, but it'd be funny if it was. Though. If if your ten percent, this is an observation I've had. If your ten percent is greater than the majority of the people in your ward, 
you, you will hold be higher bishop. stakes in yep. the church. Yep. Yeah. If you have a boat, you'll be bishop. <laughs> and are you basing this on your net or gross salary? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all gross. Yeah. <laughs> The yeah. church, yeah, because the yeah, yeah, the tithing's all gross. Oh, yeah. they don't oh, pay so, taxes, I, I so the they was gross. Well, yeah. both, but I mean, but yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> of course, they take your gross salary because they don't pay taxes, so yeah. they don't they want yeah. the full amount so that they they can maximize their their profits. Yes, and profits, <laughs> maximize their profits and profits. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I had a thought about hell a second ago, and I can't think of it right now. Was, I, I know I laughed in my head. And usually when I laugh up there, people laugh out here. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes. We'll give you a moment. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I forgot what it was. So you said you had a couple. You, you mentioned Pascal's wager. What was the other one? The, the other one is called the ontological argument. It's Honestly, uh, yeah. it, it's... One of the most terrible arguments is almost embarrassingly bad. It sounds like someone on LSD came up with it. Um, the idea is that if you can you conceive of the most it, seriously, this comes in these three parts. You conceive of the most powerful being you can, and then you ask the question: Would a, this most powerful conceptual being um, be more powerful if if it existed in reality? Because it would be more powerful if it existed in reality than it has to exist by necessity, which is just absolute. Again, it sounds like someone stoned. What? Yeah, and wasn't wasn't this? Well, I pretty, just thought I of this badass dragon. I didn't, quite, fo- dragon. I didn't and quite follow that. Wasn't this thoroughly disputed by an Australian philosopher? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and I can't think of his name, but he uh, he was saying, "What was he? Oh gosh, oh, I got to think of this argument that he did to counter it because it was fucking brilliant." Well, I can think of this badass dragon, and he literally eats gods like Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. therefore he's more powerful than any god you can think Wait, of. Does he, he eat, eats them? Does for he breakfast. eat only gods that are like Cheerios, or he <laughs> eats gods like they are Cheerios? Like they are Cheerios. <laughs> I mean, he just slaps some Satan juice on them and he scarves them right. Off. That's not how I eat Cheerios. <laughs> well, he's a he's a omnibelevement, omnipresent. He's everywhere. <laughs> he causes the volcanoes to erupt. He. I mean, he's a badass. Is he gibbers crabst? Yeah. What does he do when he runs out of honey nut Jesus O's? <laughs> oh, the Mormons provide more in their, in their, oh, okay. their celestial planets, and he just All eats right. them up. Yeah, because as a celestial being, you just like, <laughs> yeah, more. <laughs> and when he's down on his luck, he always goes down to hell for some of that non-sugar down shit. Down on his lucky charms? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> also, this whole thing just reminds me of, poof, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? You guys remember Aladdin? <laughs> the genie just... just like. <laughs> oh, Robin Williams. Anyway, so... God damn it, I can't remember that argument. Which one? Oh, about the ontological? Oh, yeah, no, so what... So he was his counter to that was that um, fuck. So Dan, did you actually catch what I was saying by the ontological? No, I, I still okay. didn't. I, right, I didn't yeah, quite let's, follow that. Let's I'm, recap. Maybe I'll come up with it. Just in case, I'm a little rummy. Just in case anybody didn't doesn't think they heard me right, because you probably did hear me right. So the first thing <laughs> is Dan. So think of the most powerful thing you can think of, the most powerful conceptual being or or concept. All right, yeah, you got it. Sure. So. Would this thing be more powerful if it was imaginary or real? Real, of course. So then, out of necessity of it being the most powerful being ever, it has to be real. Why? Because you thought of Ta-da. it. <laughs> because that, I that, thought of it? That, that's where my whole dragon-eating god <laughs> so, so basically anything from. I can conceive of would be <laughs> real by necessity? Oh, well, just that, that's the only uh, exception because it's the most powerful thing. 
It oh. really is is like one of the so most not anything, but only the most powerful. Yep, thing. only the most powerful thing has to exist out of necessity of you imagining it or being able to imagine it. Honestly, I fuck. I feel I, like, I, I feel I, like Dan Aykroyd in Ghostbusters. Like all I could think of was the Stay Puffed Marshmallow. Man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, and, and I, I think where that comes from is basically saying that. It's not a mass. There's no, it can't be a mass delusion that all these people believe in that there's a god. So therefore, he must be real. If mass people all believe in this thing, and yeah, argument, he really is this most powerful being. On argumentum Earth. ad populum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, sure. Before Christianity, everybody believed in the Roman gods or the Greek gods or or the pagan gods. Yeah, or Zoroastrianism yeah, or whatever. I, yeah, it's just because it happens to be the most popular thing right now doesn't make it true. Yeah, subjective Thank God you, is Constantine. <laughs> I worship Bacchus right now. Jeez. God of wine. <laughs> oh, nice. I know. Or what about what we could worship Loki, like just fucking yeah. good times and mischief. That'd be, that'd be fucking yeah. a raucous adventure. Or Hades. Oh, I thought yeah. about my hell thing earlier. What? It wasn't funny. It was more... Okay, it just was, shoot it. That's what I thought. All right. It made me laugh in my so. head, but it wasn't really funny. <laughs> I just said that to be funny. <laughs> Did you say feminine? Feminine? Uh, I just said that to be feminine. I'll, 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 I'll listen to, to it over funny. again. <laughs> Sorry, I just I meant to say funny, but I shit in my mouth a little bit. I pooped my so, mouth. Pooped my mouth. <laughs> when when God comes back and he takes everyone back, you know, to heaven with them, all the good people. Don't the meek inherit the earth? Basically, all the people from the hell get to rise back up again? No, no, that's not the meek. No. No. No, the meek are not the people who are sent to hell. The meek are the downtrodden, the people well, yeah. who... But I, I thought I thought there's also stories don't of send like poor people to hell just because they're poor. Yeah, it's the meek are but, all the people that the religious Republicans stand up for today. Well, I always thought it was kind of like all the good go to heaven, and hey, Satan, you can release your people up to the earth. Oh no! Revelations is an odd book. You can come Real, to that sure. complicated. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to say if you were in hell, yeah, you I mean, eventually if, get to walk if, back if on Earth again. You talk about the four horsemen unleashing hell on Earth, and blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah, yeah. Then so if you go to hell, you get to come back. I thought it was always yeah. meant to mean that the people who actually did what Jesus said, like you know, forget your jobs, forget your family, forget your house, just follow me. You know, those would be the meek, right? So just, only the poor like, will like, go to heaven. Like I say, just well, and Jesus you also said it's easier to get. Uh, uh, it's harder to get a rich man into heaven than to, to get, pass a camel to, to the needle of a to pass uh, no the eye of a needle. Yes, it's, it's harder. Anyway, I it's said that easier wrong, but, for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Yeah, different order, but yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah, and so and so that's why I say like all the all the Republicans are really they're nailing it. Yeah. You know, that they only make $900 million a year. They're also very Christ-like. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So is capitalism. Capitalism is very (laughs) Christ-like. Yeah. You know, that. so that brings me to the whole concept of Christ-like as being this good thing, right? Like, everybody has this inner narrative, and I mean everybody, theists, Muslims, non-theists, not not everybody, everybody, not, you know, 100% of yeah. the population, but, you know, even... even An idea of what Christ would yeah. be like if the, he had been a real man. The overwhelming majority of people, uh, you know, they, they all follow this narrative of Jesus being this wonderful, divine, perfectly loving, perfect, accepting, wonderful person who... 
fucking curses fig trees for not bearing fruit in the winter. During the winter, yeah. Says that he doesn't come to bring peace but a sword and divide mother against, or, or, or daughter-in-law against mother-in-law and yeah. father, you know, son against father and son-in-laws against son, or father-in-law. He had a father who drowned the whole and world. And not abolish the old laws but to fulfill them. And it's like, yeah. okay, you, you've created this narrative of, of Jesus as being this wonderful person but he really wasn't jesus had fucking flaws jesus was kind of a dick sometimes yeah and he couldn't have been a great carpenter because none of his fucking buildings are left standing (laughs) (laughs) right i remember when i was fucking young and watching something on television like fucking pbs or something was it it the one where they claimed they found god's house no no they claimed they found a spiral staircase that only (laughs) that only only the son of god could have built because it had it was so perfectly designed, like it had no under-supporting structure and everything. You know, it was just they. Yeah. It was this whole show, and this it just popped into my head There's, that there was this whole show around this fucking wooden spiral staircase that would, only the Son of God, as a carpenter, could have created. Out of all of those scriptures, there's not one single mention of that holy hobo having a job ever. Yeah. He never he never made anything. Wait, which channel brought that special? It had to have been like fucking K-U-T-V. It, was, it was when I was young. Like it was before oh. cable. It was Oh, I was going to say I'm brought to you by Sean Hannity a with here. a special yeah. guest appearance by Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> dude, the History Channel has some weird stuff though. Like oh, finding no. Bigfoot. Oh. So, dude, that's all that, that sh- and science uh, ancient that's aliens. all that is. Aliens and Bigfoot and ghost hunters. Yeah, and what fucking the fuck? psychics. There's a guy that I work with who he's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy, but he watches ancient aliens and spews that <laughs> shit at work. I'm like, dude, you are you are incredibly intelligent, a smart man, and you're spewing this. I actually like that show. Uh, to ancient laugh at? Aliens? Yeah, I do. Uh, but only because they uh. show places like Puma Punku and Goblia Tepe and stuff like that where you never see it on any other channels. Those aren't real places. You just made that up. Oh, you can see them on other shows. <laughs> Puma Punte? What did you say? But I'm not I'm not interested in it because Puto? of the alien part. It's just cool to see that those sites actually exist. Now, I don't accept their, their answers for how they exist. I just think it's cool to see those places that they don't ever show. Because there's a like, whole if series. You watch if you watch other documentaries, it's always like, oh, Stonehenge and the Great Wall of China and, you know, all this. I mean, like all this stuff. There's yeah, a whole bunch of series on pyramids, Netflix that talk about those. You see that stuff all the time. Well, Stonehenge is totally a magical place. I mean, you can't explain that. I saw a guy build it by his, himself in his fucking backyard. <laughs> yeah, in 1954. <laughs> no, like a few years ago. Hey, have you guys oh. ever been to Gilgal Gardens in Salt Lake? Uh, Never heard of it. Never heard of Gilgal Gardens? Is, is, that, that, the- is that the midget town? No, no, different. You know there is a Hobbit village in Salt Lake. Yes, yeah. Yes. I've, I, I wanted to go there, but they don't let tall people in. <laughs> Jesus, I think Christ. there's a reason why. Because I think you're the reason why. Actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. I, I apologize if that was offensive. You're the reason why. You're so, the reason why. But is that the one where they have like a Egyptian Joseph Smith? On yes. A, yeah, yeah. 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 I've heard yeah. of it. Oh God. You guys will have to look up and go to Gilgal we Gardens. We will have to you take a field some... trip and take photos there. Yeah, I was gonna say you could get some great fucking photos there, Ryan. It's 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 creepy, but it's kind of cool. Like 
It was this eccentric, you know, you know what artist we, who made these weird fucking statues. We can this little recorder mm-hmm. that I'm holding in my hand. We can take it mobile with us, and we what? can plug like two microphones into it. What? And I can like put this in a bag, and we can walk in there, and we can give our commentary on it, and I can splice it into a show. Is that yeah. is that what we used at Pride when we walked? Yeah, around, did the interviews. Yeah, yeah, that's what I had to hang around my neck when we were doing the Pride thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand that, so it must be transcendental. Yeah, it is. All that yeah. reminds me, I wanted it's to ask you there. a personal question after yeah. the show. Oh, okay, after the show. <laughs> <laughs> why, why Ryan has a black box? <laughs> well, I mean, this side's got like blinky lights and a number of like, <laughs> yeah. scrolls, and it's yellow. It's fancy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you had a great lead into next week's show. Um, oh, yeah. Which will actually. I, I will not be here next yeah, week. Yeah, Ryan Sad face. won't be here, so hopefully the audio actually gets recorded because <laughs> it'll be our holiday special, and instead of doing the Pagan Roots of, Christi- of Christmas, which everybody knows about by now, we're going to cover the mistakes of Jesus uh, right, and his supposed perfection. Yes. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. I, have a, I, I actually have a great little book about that that I bought from uh, – you'll have to remind me her name um, – she was at Summer Solstice, daughter of. Uh, oh, from Laura Andrews. Yes, Ex- yes, that Laura was her Andrews. maiden name. I'm you guys sorry, could I probably call me because married name is. You guys could probably call me. I could talk for like ten or fifteen minutes with you because honestly, I'll probably just be drinking some whiskey with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we can get super drunk, Ryan, on the. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> I, no, I think I got to go. I think I'm going festival hunting with my dad the next day, so I can't get too drunk. Ah, uh, pussy. anyway so (laughs) so our holiday special will be will be next week we'll be covering the mistakes of jesus and his supposed perfection uh we'll have we'll have a lot of stuff lined up ryan obviously won't be here so hopefully uh my idiot ass will be able to figure this out and i'm just gonna leave it all set up so we're just gonna hit record yeah yeah Yeah, hopefully (laughs) hopefully ryan can make this idiot proof for us so we can just come in and press a couple buttons and go we're recording now good yeah but want to thank josh for being here what uh what do you have to plug man yeah and thanks thank you guys for having me i'm glad that i was able to come on the show um i do i don't really have much to plug but i I think the philanthropy philanthropy Philanthropy. Philanthropy. Yeah, it, was, the, it wasn't. I've me got the same time. problem this time as, as Ryan yeah, normally. It's, it's all right. We all poop our mouths once is, in a while. It's really cool. Um, but the, I do have a YouTube channel. It's not. Uh, it's it's under the title ZZZ Giant Awake. Um, if you want to check me out more of what I do, you can check me out there. And again, thank you guys for having me on. Is that is that Giant Awake? Just like just like it sounds. Yeah, Giant. Uh, ZZZ awake. Giant Awake, like mm-hmm. snoring Giant Awake. Exactly. Because okay. right. Josh is Josh is very. How tall are you? Uh, debatably six six or six seven. Jesus, <laughs> he's ducking through. <laughs> he's yeah. ducking through the house wherever he goes. Yeah, and the, and and you know he he's got a lot more to add than than what we had tonight. I mean, it's it's always tough with with three of us in here, and we have a contributing editor or a producer as well, which is which is unique to podcasts. And what. Well, I can't contribute. No, you can't. Of course, you can. I'm just <laughs> oh, saying. Yeah. I'm just saying it's it's a unique. Most 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 producers are like, are behind the scenes, but uh, so it's it's always tough for guests to to kind of get an, a word in with us on on this podcast. We're so familiar yeah, well, we with go each up on other, but, all time too. So. Yeah, but but definitely go check out uh, ZZZ Giant Awake uh, on YouTube. On YouTube, he's got a lot more to offer, a lot more to say. Uh, but uh, thanks for thanks for coming out and appreciate having you, Josh. It was a, it was a lot of fun. 
Definitely. I had a lot of fun during tonight's discussions. Yeah. Yeah, some great topics. Yep. And well, until next time, don't forget to go to Podcast Phil. Make yes. a donation if you're able to. Uh, if you're not able to, we understand. Just go by the mall if you're here in Utah and yeah. put some money in. Come and say hi to us on Saturday in front of the Nord store. In front of the, <laughs> the Nordster. <laughs> Nerd <laughs> store. Goddamn Utah and getting Nordstrom stuck in my In front of the Nerd store at the Valley Fair Mall. In fine, fine West Valley. Oh, some would call it West Stabbington. I, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, we'll we'll be outside the nerd store, as will be many of the other podcasts and organizations participating in the podcast fill effort. What's the time frame on that? Oh golly, go to podcastfill dot com and uh, we'll have more information there. I will also be posting more information to the Godless Revolution Facebook page. So mm-hmm. stay tuned to that for more information. Alrighty. Till next week, mistakes of Jesus. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks Bye for coming now. out, Josh. It was great to have you on the show. Yeah. Thanks again. <laughs>